Welcome to the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a whole bunch of random nonsense for your ears. Yeah, I can't believe it either. This is a thing that actually exists. I'm Jason. And I'm KJ. And in this episode, it's round six in Jason's continuing battle with evil insurance companies. Then we'll finish out the week in review with another episode of Where in the World is KJ? Plus, we'll play pronunciation games and find out how good or bad our taste buds really are. Next, we'll find out which celebrity Jason recently bumped into at a DC hotel and some other real thoughts. Later, we are joined by professor and chair of the Department of Anthropology at William and Mary and all-around talented guy, Mr. Brad Weiss for Do We Have a Guest? And then stay tuned for another edition of our fantasy football deep dive with expert analyst Robert Byrd. Well, I mean, I say stay tuned, but there's not really anything to tune into, so... We'll wrap up with feedback and, of course, more Amazon reviews. All that, plus several conversational tangents. I mean, if you had to stay tuned, that would mean you could untune or detune. I, I, you get it. Oh, speaking of tangents. In a week, week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happen. The things that happen. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. So speaking of insurance, um, I do have an update this week on um, a couple of different things. Real quick. Of course you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is the speaking of insurance podcast. Exactly. It's the subtitle now of this thing. Um, but I'll get it out of the way real quick, just in case some people, you know, want to get on the new things. Yeah. Um, but if you do enjoy the insurance, let us know. You can send us feedback, and you know I, I'm glad to talk about my insurance as long as it happens because I have a feeling this is going to be an indefinite, torturous thing that they keep putting me through. I don't see any end in sight for this thing. And people like hearing you say insurance. Do I say it differently? <laughs> <laughs> so I know I, if you listened last week, you know that I got insurance cards in the mail about every six weeks. Well... That frequency has basically doubled, and I'm getting them twice a month now in some cases. Uh, I got two two different mailers with two cards in them since we recorded the podcast last week. Oh, my gosh. Fortunately, they do have all the correct names on there for now. So um, it looks like that's been worked out. I haven't tried to actually use them yet, but we'll see. The car insurance, not worked out so much. My wife, Deanna, asked them for another list of uh, you know, repair shops closer to us, and they finally emailed it to us. Well, they and did. It's the, yeah. It's well, there's the an ex- update right there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the exact same oh. list that they sent before. It looks like they just attached the exact same PDF file. Oh. So that helped zero. And yeah. so she called. She called the the car dealership and said, "Hey, where where do you take if you know if you have a car on the lot that gets damaged or anything like that do you have a body shop there in house or where do you take your stuff and they said oh yeah we have a place that's right down the street that we contract with and they do all our work and it's it's a reputable place and we'll send you there and gave them that information and she talked to the people there and they said yeah you know we do insurance repairs all the time no problem what we usually have to do is we have to file with them um ahead of time and give them the quote and then it's no problem but we'll handle all that you you bring it in whenever you can and we'll work that out and so she called the insurance and told them and said, hey, here's what's going to happen. And the guy at the insurance who refused to send an insurance adjuster when the accident happened, when they thought it was our fault, and when we were trying to work through this the first time. Yes. He's like, 
Okay, but in order to do that, we're going to have to send out an adjuster <laughs> to check the car at the repair place before we will do anything with it. And I'm like, of, of course. course they will. Yes, when of it benefits course. them. Yeah, not when it benefits their customer, not us, but when it benefits them, they're going to go out of their way to, you know, to do whatever they can to save a nickel. And I can understand that it's a business, but it's just the, again, the lack of customer service is the problem here. I'm thankful to have insurance, and I'm glad that this is going to get fixed, and it's not causing us anything more than just a, you know, a minor inconvenience in in the relative state of things. But still, you want customer service with places that you are paying money, that you are a customer of, to serve you. And I don't mean that in like a servant kind of way. I mean that as in do their job. Yeah. <laughs> pay, do at least one what we... One job. Yes, they have one job, customer service. You serve your customers. I, I've worked in customer service before. I know how it is, and it can be frustrating at times dealing with people. And we're being nice about this. I feel like that we have been, you know, very patient about this, even though I'm complaining about it. Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, calling and railing against them all the time every day. So it's a, I just want them to do their job. But that's way too much to ask, apparently. Yeah, uh, apparently. So that's that's the insurance update for this week. Uh, do you have an update on where in the world has KJ been this week? Yeah, I do. Um, I had a big event this past weekend. Even News oh. Channel Eight was there. Wow. Um, this is an event that I've done for the past several years. Um, I looked it up because I couldn't remember, and I've been doing it since two thousand and nine. Cool. Done it every year except last year when one of the members of our team couldn't make it and she she's like the MVP so we just decided to just skip a year instead of trying to get a, a replacement for her. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an it's a tri it's sort of a quasi triathlon. And wow. I yeah, well I say quasi because a traditional triathlon has a run, bike and a swim, right? Right. But this one usually the reverse order, but yeah. Really? What do they start with? Swim, bike, run. Oh sure. I, I've never actually done a real triathlon because I cannot swim. <laughs> that would be a problem then. Right. So I've never even looked into triathlons because that key piece is not something I can participate in. But anyway, this event is a run, bike, and 18 holes of golf. Oh, cool. Well, in the past, it's been 18. Actually, this year, they changed it to nine holes of golf for some lame reason. It's a really cool event out in the Wisconsin countryside kind of next to a, a larger town, about 50,000 people, a couple colleges, technical college. And they've been doing it for 20 years now. And I think they create, well, they created it to promote, oh, healthy living, physically active lifestyles, but also to benefit, I think it's three local youth organizations in town. And every oh, cool. year they have like a rotating beneficiary. And over those 20 years, it's raised over a million dollars. So... Wow, that's great. That's pretty good for a, yeah. a small town like that. Mm-hmm. And when I say this event is in the countryside, it it takes place at the golf course, and then the the run and the bike just kind of go. There's a small subdivision, but it's a country subdivision, and that's where the run and the bike take place. So it's all at this golf course. It's about fifteen minutes out of out of the main town, and they get lots of sponsors. Jason, this year the title sponsor, you're going to appreciate this. The title sponsor this year was a company called the Insurance Center. What? Yeah. Top of the shirt. You know, everybody gets a free shirt. Well, technically not a free shirt because you pay your entry fee. Yeah, you but... pay the entry fee, yeah. But it's... So do you do you have a, a shirt that says the Insurance Center on it? Yes, I do. Oh, <laughs> this we got to see a picture of. Okay, I, I, can, I can get that. Um, but needless to say, it's a good cause, even if the 
the title sponsor is the insurance center, um, especially for me because I can't swim. So when I found out about this event, I'm like, oh, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And the other cool thing about this is that they have many divisions. So they have like four-person co-ed, four-person male, two-person male, two-person female, individual male, individual female. And, and then within those divisions, they break it down further into age groups, cool. which makes sense because you don't want to be competing with a 20-year-old as a 60-year-old. Right. When you say four-person, um, is that just for the golf and everybody runs in bikes, or is it all split up? So the, they, they have a three-person relay team, and that is where there's three people on the team, and each one does one event, and that's it. Oh, okay. But the four-person team would be, they can all participate, but they only take the top three scores. Oh, okay. So in the bike and run, you know, if you've got someone that's really not so great at one of those events, they can either do it if they want to, or you can sit them and then... You know, in the bike, for instance, or or the run, hopefully nobody gets injured or nobody has a flat tire because then you'd be DQ'd. Right. Um, and then everybody participates in the golf, but they don't have to because it's just the total score of a scramble tournament. Hmm. So most people probably, when they have a four-person team, everybody participates, but we don't we don't do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll get I'll explain that. But the first couple of years that I did it, I did it as a two-person. A two-person female team. Mm-hmm. The first four years I did it, I did it that way. For this this type of event, both team members have to do all three events. If they don't just take the top score, they take both scores. Oh, so that's like a cumulative score. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the first year we did it, we took second place. So we're like, all right. Wow. Yeah. So then the next year, well, the next year we won it. <laughs> Even better. Even better. And then the third year, I switched teammates because my. Uh, previous teammate for the first two years just she just hates golf and she's like I can't do it again and she was driving like six hours to come to this event she was kind of doing it for me so mm-hmm. totally understood that and so then Mandy and I teamed up and we won it the fourth year we did it wow um the fourth year I did it I think is was 2012 in the golf section they pair you with other people if you're only a group of two they, they of course want to pair you with two more right and at that time, we met a really cool gal from Madison, Wisconsin. She was doing the event as an individual. She actually won the whole thing as an individual uh, event for, for hmm. her category. So, yeah, she she has to do all three events, obviously, and all three, all 18 holes of golf. Every stroke is her stroke, and it's pretty tough. So, anyway, she won. she's the one I was talking about earlier that's the MVP. Shout out, Karen. Um, <laughs> and so, in 2012, she said, so do you guys want to maybe get... Uh, get to a four-person team, you know, and we just met her at the golf tournament, and we're like, yeah, and we didn't even know she won the whole thing at that point, obviously, because it wasn't over. She knew she probably wrapped up the individual, but she wanted to be on a team of four, and so we're like, sure, yeah, we'll do that, Mm -hmm. and so we found a fourth, and since then, we've been doing the four-person team, except for last year, which I told you about, so the first year we did it, we came in second. Now, we know that she would have placed first, but you know, I, I'm not that fast in the bike or the, the run. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the greatest part about this story for me personally is the second day after that event. So we're talking 2012, I believe. The next day. So the event takes place on a Sunday. And the next day, one of my jingles aired on the Tony Kornheiser show. And we get this random text from Karen asking if this is KJ Onstead was the same one she just won this, t- or that she just came in second place in this tournament with. Yeah. 
And we're like, well, yeah, it is. And she's like, I had no idea. I'm a little. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. It was so great. So then, That is then, crazy. Well, yeah. And so the next year, we're like, this is awesome because now it's even sweeter because it's a little, right? Yes. So the next year we did it, we won. Not, I'm sure it wasn't because I found out she was a little, or we both found out she was a little, but we won. So that marked our third time doing it as a four-person team, which cool. is super, super fun. This year marked the third time we did that. When we do it as a four-person team, you, like I said, you can, you can drop out one time. They only take the top three times. And so the way that we did it, uh, the last time we did it, so 2014, is I sat out the bike, I did the run, and um, Rachel sat out the run, and Mandy and Karen did all three events, and I did two events, and Rachel did two events. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember now why I sat out the bike. The bike is the worst bike I've ever done in my entire life. So that's 33K, that's 20 miles. Mm-hmm. So 20 miles isn't bad, but when you're on a hill that never stops, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's the worst course ever. Um, I feel like I'm listening to my grand... I'm stuck in this dream or this story where my <laughs> grandparents are saying, Oh, yeah, I walked 15 miles uphill all the way in six inches of snow. You've heard this story? Oh, of course. And that's what it, it feels like on this bike. So you are going... You go up the hill and then... You expect a downhill, right? At some yeah. point. At some point. And yes, you do get downhills, but they're always super tiny. You don't even have time to rest. And before you hit another hill and you've got a, you know, downshift. And so you're constantly on the shifter. My chain came off, oh. uh, which has never happened to me before. And this, and so the reason that I had to do the bike this year is because one of our team members was injured and couldn't do the bike or the run. And she could yeah. only do the golf so that meant the rest of us had to step up and do all three events when i say the rest of us i mean rachel and myself because karen mvp does them all i still agreed to do the event knowing that i'd have to do the bike because it's fun and it's for charity but i'm telling you this bike up down up down but the up is got to be four times as many as the downs and i know that doesn't figure out logistically well, if it's climbing overall, yes. It's If you're just going up in elevation. You would think that for something like this, it's not like they're trying to arrange the Tour de France. You'd think that they would come up with a better bike course and easier. Well, you'd think that they'd cut. If you're going to cut anything, keep the 18 holes of golf and give me half the bike. Yeah. But then, Or just come up with a different route. Well, that <laughs> the problem is that it's in a hilly region in a bluffy area of Wisconsin, so... They'd oh. have to, they'd have to trek you somewhere else. Or and, just reverse it where you go down. Yeah. You go downhill the whole way. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, I'm and and you're kind of in a pack, but there aren't that many people, so you kind of spread out right away. So you're all alone, and mm-hmm. there's no headphones allowed. So I can't listen to TK. I can't listen to music. Hmm. And, and in fact. You'd think that you'd manufacture your own music, like, we are the champions, or something to pump you up. And you know what's running in my head? Bocce, bocce ball. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? I love you, John Fitzpatrick. But <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, and so these jingles are running through my head. I'm so mad because the hills never stop. And then what they do is on every corner, there's a lot of turns. And I've already mentioned that there's a lot of uphills. But I swear, I need to get back to these uphills. You go uphill, 
And as soon as you go down, there's another uphill. It's like it was literally a roller coaster of 20 miles of this crap. It never stopped. <laughs> and I'm getting down the hill. And at some point, here comes the next hill. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I'm just saying this out loud. Nobody's around. I'm just saying this to the countryside. The horses and the cows are the only things around. And I, I, I probably blurted out loud about six times. You know, just <laughs> take it anymore. So finally, I'm like, okay, I have to be about halfway here. That's okay. No, you know what? This is probably 13, 14 miles. I'm okay. I can make it. And then you come down. This is one of those hills that, that actually is a nice downhill. The, the, the best part of the course. Huge downhill. Huge curve to the right. Uh, you have to slow down. You cannot take that hill at full speed or you're going to crash, especially if there's any water on the roadway. Mm-hmm. And there have been spills. So they have, first of all, before I continue, they have lots of volunteers on the course. They're all local college students that come out and they're very, very uh, energetic and they're cheerleaders and they're, good job, good job, you're doing great. And they, they do this at every cur- corner, every curve. Well, this one is quite a few people and then they always have a, a policeman there too. Well, this this volunteer, bless her heart, she you come down that hill and you're going around the corner and... She says, great job. You're almost there. You're nine miles in. Oh. Uh, Yeah. And I'm like, you (laughs) right now. I was trying. I was going to jump off. I really wanted to jump off my bike and just throw my bike and say, do you know where you are? Where did they put you last year at mile 19? Because this is mile nine. I'm not even half. It's not even halfway. Don't even. <laughs> so uh, I didn't say anything like that. I said thank you very much because that's what I said to every volunteer when I saw them because <laughs> they're volunteering their time. It's great, but she needs to be placed somewhere else next year. Yes. So anyway, I come I come through the finish line and I actually apparently shaved 14 minutes off my time. So apparently, um, getting angry and singing bocce ball to myself m- made me go faster. So John did help you. Out. He must have. Yes. So the the injured player is on at the finish line taking our picture as we cross. And I just got off that bike and I said, I am never doing this again. (laughs) And um, Thanks, Charity. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, I'm going to do the event, but I'm just not doing the bike. Oh, you're not doing the bike. This person better get well by next year. (laughs) So anyway, when when I was able to connect with the team again, I said, did you guys... What was the what was with the girl at mile nine around the corner? And they all had the same story. They're like, she's like, that's nine miles in. You're almost there. And they oh. all had the same reaction. So I felt a little better about myself not being so mean. I felt <laughs> a little better because everybody just wanted to wring this gal's neck. Thank you very much for volunteering. But we want to. It's not your fault. But you got to know your mileage. <laughs> no kidding. So wow. so basically, it goes run, and then they there's like a twenty minute gap where they give you quite a quite a good amount of snacks mm-hmm. fruit and cookies and of course i went for the cookies not the fruit yes. um, powerade and things like that and then you have maybe 20 minutes and then the bike starts and so the bike t- karen our our team member won the won her won the bike she finished in like 12 minutes before i did wow yeah she's she's awesome so anyway i come across and let's the only people that that i passed so i was in the back of the pack from the beginning 
And I, I always have this, it used to be, I'd like to finish in the middle of the pack. And I did, I finished in the middle of the pack for most of the years that I ran and biked. Well, now I'm way at the end. And now my goal is, I just don't want to come in last. So the only people were an old man with quite a few extra pounds and a mountain bike. Okay. So a mountain bike doesn't work on those hills. No, that's tough. That's and tough. his chain came off. Oh. So my chain came off and... Uh, the, Thankfully, I was able to put it on very quickly, but he was struggling. And then the other guy had to stop because he had cramps. And then the other guy was having issues with his bike. So those are the only people that finished behind me. So that doesn't really <laughs> even count. Hey, it all counts. It's official. Uh, yeah. Nobody remembers the details. They just remember the finishing order when t- 10 years from now. Yeah. So then, then you get lunch. They provide a pretty nice lunch. And then you go out for golf. So... There was another four-person woman team there, and they came over to us and said, are you guys a four-person team? And I said, yes, and we win every year. (laughs) Okay. But my teammates, they didn't understand that I was joking because here's the punchline. For every time that we won the event in the two-person team or the four-person team, it was because we were the only entrance in that division. <laughs> so uh, that's why I said that to those girls. But my teammates are like, seriously, you're, you're smack talking? We're going to lose because we have two teams. I'm like, I'm not smack talking because I finished it with, I followed up that comment with, um, I said, we win every year except for when there's another competitor. Okay, that's that's better. Yeah, well, I still got hassled the whole golf round. Like you're the reason we we lost because we did. We came in second, and those we knew those girls were going to beat us because, like I said, they are not on the list of people that were behind me on the bike. Okay. So we knew that Karen won in Karen beat those girls in the run in the bike, but Rachel and I didn't. So we knew we were already down, and we had to crush in the golf to even have a chance. And we we did well in the golf. We did. Those girls couldn't even swing the club, but they still won because they won two out of the three events. So we knew oh, okay. we knew we were going down when I said that taunting statement, but my teammates didn't get it. And so I'd like to just <laughs> clarify that it was a joke, and the four girls that actually won, they did get it. So anyway, we vowed to come next year, and they're going to try and recruit more four-girl teams, so I don't think we're ever going to win again. We've given Karen multiple times, multiple outs to go back to an individual, and she wants to stay on our team. So, oh, that's cool. So th- this this is uh, going to continue. Um, uh, there's little things I'm just disappointed about that the nine holes turned into or the eighteen holes turned into nine, mm-hmm. and they used to have a huge survivors dinner afterwards, like really good food, and um, they took away the survivors dinner. They took away eighteen holes of golf, and um, it's only ten bucks cheaper. So the only hmm. way I can justify that is that it's going to charity because they are taking away quite a bit. And we come, it's about a two and a half hour drive for us. Most people are local. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's not going to stop us from doing it. But if you're listening, we want 18 holes back of golf. And can you cut the bike completely out? We'd be fine with that. We'd still play, <laughs> we'd still pay the same entry. <laughs> so that's where in the world KJ was this weekend. We hope you've enjoyed our Week in Review. And now, we'd like to invite you into a brand new segment. It's called, How Do You Say? Or, What Do You Say? Or, How Do... What? Who... What? 
Now, we've talked in the past about pronunciations, mm-hmm. and these things seem to come up every week. We've got more. Um, I think that that the one that stood out to me this week, on the, actually on the Tony Kornheiser show, Tony said it, and I, I've heard it pronounced this way a few times, but not very often. And he was talking about the, the noodles that most people eat in college because they're like 29 cents a packet. Oh, yeah. I heard this, too. And this is the first time I've ever heard it pronounced this way. Really? So I yes. say ramen noodles, but I believe Tony said Raymond. Yep. He said Raymond. I say ramen. And I've all throughout college and ate those all the time in the dorm and never heard anybody say Raymond. I have heard Raymond, but not very often. That was a new one for me. I heard another one this week, too, from my neighbor. Oh, what is it? It's I N T E S T I N E S, like okay, your stomach, like the guts. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yes. I say intestines. Me too. She said intestines. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Another one I have never heard, and I almost went, "Wait a minute," because I I almost started laughing, not laughing at her, but laughing because I was like, "Oh." That fits in with what we're talking about on the podcast. I could bring that up this week. And she has no idea about the podcast or Tony's show or who I am or anything other than I live next door to her. So she probably thought, this crazy person is looking at me with this stupid smile on his face. What what did I just say? Because she was talking about having like intestinal issues and I'm going... Okay. <laughs> and I'm starting, I'm just, I hope she didn't think I was laughing at her. But anyway, I had never heard intestines before. I have heard that. And I've heard people say, man, my intestines hurt. Kind of like what? insurance. I, I associated it with the South. No, no, no. I've never heard that before. And she's actually from Australia. So I thought it might be, oh, this is an Australian thing versus, you know, Australian English versus American English kind of thing. So, but I... Never heard that one. Oh, well, if she's Australian, maybe she's used to people smiling at her. Because a lot of people, you know, I like the way. (laughs) She probably thought you liked the way she was speaking. Oh, yeah. She's got a cool accent. Yeah. But I've definitely heard intestines from non-Australians. Wow. And speaking of pronunciation, I also heard a different word this week that... Okay. I don't know. I've not heard it this way before. So it's V-E-H-E-M-E-N-T. Vehement. Vehement. Yes, that's yes. how I say it. This person okay. said vehement. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Vehement. I don't know if that's a that's a different pronunciation as much as a mispronunciation. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it sounded I've never like heard that either. It sounded like someone was just trying to, to you know sound the word out. Yeah, I'd be very interested to hear if anybody who's listening has heard. I say it again. Yeah, let us know if you've heard vehement. Vehement. Did I say it right? You, vehement. You said it like this person said it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, not right. I, <laughs> I say vehement. Okay. Yeah. That's that reminds me of another one. Uh, I used to work in um, computer fields all the time in IT, and there's another one that came up that I heard a couple different ways, which is D A T A. Oh, data. Data, which is how I say it, like the guy's name on the robot, the android on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, data. see, now I'm thinking of the dude from Goonies. Oh, yes. Also data. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, data for sure. Yeah, but I've heard people say, just as often as data, I've heard people say data. Data. Yeah, I've heard mm-hmm. that too. I think that's a more common one, really. I do too. And you just said the word often. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I've heard many people say often, but I say often. Often. This with like a silent T. Right. I've heard that too. Often. Often. Yeah. So that's wow. an interesting one because that I think is, is. A, 
I think that is more regional. Oh, definitely. As my dad would say, it's it's the T is silent like the P in swimming. <laughs> and I wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I've heard like the P in pool. Right. So wait, wait, wait. I'm, <laughs> I'm like crisscrossing four or five different things, and my brain is like off the track right now. Wait a minute. I've heard people say they're notice there's no P in our ool. Let's keep it that way. I've not heard that. I've seen that signs at people's swimming pools. Uh-huh. I've never heard anybody say silent. Say that again, silent like the P in swimming? Correct. So <laughs> I've heard that about a thousand. Uh, let's, let's, let's just multiply that. I've heard that about a million times from the same mouth. Wow. Because my dad tells the same joke over and over again. And... <laughs> He started that. I think that's a dad thing because I do that to my kids now too. Okay, so well, he, of course, like I was ten years old. Oh, dad, stop it! Yeah, but that's the saying. It's silent like the pee in swimming. <laughs> that's a new one on me. <laughs> um, speaking of the word data, there's another uh-huh. word that I actually heard from you doing a jingle this past week. Um, an excellent jingle, by the way. Uh, undisclosed location. Based on Guns N' Roses, oh yeah, uh, patience. The, the one where everybody you you were on that too. Yes, I I did the whistling part in the beginning. Yes, that was great. And um, there's a lot of great background vocals oh, on that too. That was fabulous. I love it. I love it. Um, but you said the word VIA. Mm-hmm. You said via, which I've definitely yep. heard, but I yep. say via. I also say via. You do, except for in yes. this jingle. Correct, because you know how sometimes people will lose their accent often. Or often, when they're singing, they, their accent goes away? Yes. I often, or often, will pronounce words differently depending on where they're flowing in the phrasing and the melody. Because it's very common for a melody or uh, a different phrase or a different um, number of syllables to really kind of throw off the flow of the song. Sure. And it just was more natural for me to say via in that song, even though I would never say that when I'm just speaking it, okay. singing it in that particular line, changed it. Interesting. So you you would definitely say via, but in, in song yes. you're saying via in that particular song, but then next song yeah. you do, if you use that word, you may say via. Yeah, and that's the thing that I, I didn't really discover until I started doing these jingles a lot, um, was that when you try to take a, a melody from the original song and then you change the words, mm-hmm. Even just a different sound, you could have the same number of syllables, the exact same phrasing, the same feel as the original lyrics, but changing the sound, like from an mm sound to a p sound or a different consonant to a vowel, that kind of stuff, yeah. depending on how what different words you're putting in there, can really mess up like the flow, and it's almost impossible to sing it exactly like the original. I don't know if you've experienced that as well. I have, yes. It's really difficult sometimes to keep the flow right, and I'm like, that, that's pretty cool, because that's, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. So that makes sense to me, oh, what you're saying about via versus via. Mm-hmm. I have one more that I heard on television last night, All right. and I've heard it before. Someone very close to me says it, and it's the word K-I-N-D-L-I-N-G. Kindling. Right. Say it again. Kindling. Kindling. That's how I say it, kindling. But the way I've heard it pronounced is kindling. Yep, I've heard it that way too. And I'm like, Kin- a Kindle is an ebook. <laughs> what are you doing? 
There's no e on the end of that. <laughs> well, well, in their benefit, I think the Kindle, the Kindle, Amazon Kindle came after the actual process of kindling. Yeah, a fire, I think so. I think you're right. Just a few years, <laughs> just a few years. Just a little, just a little bit late on that one. That's funny though. I've actually said kindling before. Have you? Yeah, I kind of say kindling, but I run it all together. And you know, a lot of times in the South, you get the the marbles in your mouth, kind of. You sure, know, I'm just going to yeah. run things together like this. Yeah. So kindling, kindling becomes kindling to me. Yeah. I'm just I'm saying three syllables. I'm just running it together. I can see how kindling would be an attractive way to say it because it does kind of flow. Yeah. But it makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. And you know, I th- I think that one works either way, which reminds me of the fact that I've also heard people say either. So you yeah. could say either or either. Yes, you could, and I think I've used both of those. Yes. I typically say either. I think that I typically say either, but I have said either. And I don't I can't tell you the distinction as to why I do that. Maybe it's just whatever my mouth feels like forming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Did we get any feedback this week on any of these? Yeah, speaking of pronunciation, Jen Babish at JBab Sports C-H-I-C, she answered our question about is it chic or chick. Oh, okay. She said it's chick, uh, which is what we kind of thought. And she said mm. Twitter wouldn't let her put a K. Oh, it must be the um, the character limit. Must be. So thank you for answering that question, Jen. Yeah, thanks, Jen. And we got feedback from John Miller about mm-hmm. uh, soda being called tonic. In, in, I think, in the Boston area. Have you ever like, heard it called tonic? I've heard soda, like seltzer water, right. called tonic. I've never heard tonic, like, does he mean like for Cokes and Pepsi and stuff like that? Like I would say Coke or you would say pop or soda. Yeah, that's how I, um, that's how I took it because he said about soda being called tonic, but <laughs> I, I could be wrong. That one I haven't heard. No, that's a cool one. And speaking of soda, I did hear um, Kornheiser say soda on, on the radio or on the podcast this week. I think that's a northeastern, like New York Is it? thing. I believe soda. It's also a, a Wisconsin thing versus Minnesota. Huh. Minnesotans say pop, and Wisconsinites say soda. Wisconsinites. Yeah, Wisconsin. Cheeseheads. Wisconsinaries. Wisconsinites, I think I've heard, but also cheeseheads works. There you go. Um, but speaking of Coke or soda, or tonic, or tonic, this weekend when we were at the. This tournament, this quasi triathlon. Mm-hmm. So we go for the whole weekend. We rented a, a we rented a house, and we did the Coke taste test. Oh, okay. And I have the results. They're in. Three of us took part in this event, and I'm not. I you know what? I'm kind of proud of myself. I said that I couldn't tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi. Do you want to hear these results? How many different things were in the in the test? All right, we did five. We okay. did. You wanted us to throw Mexican Coke in, so we threw Mexican right. Coke in. Coke, Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, and Pepsi. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. And so I'm going to go right down the list, uh, but I'm going to tell you that I got three out of five right. Very good. Now, I don't think that makes me a Coke connoisseur, but here's what <laughs> here's what I got. For, for Mexican Coke, I'm sorry, for Diet Coke, I thought it was Mexican Coke. Oh, so you mix those two up. Yes. And for, this is the interesting part. Mex- yeah, basically I did, because Mexican Coke I thought was Diet Coke. So I mixed those two up. Those were the only two I got wrong. So you correctly identified Coke, Pepsi, and Diet Pepsi. Yes. That's that's pretty good. And Rachel got two out of five right, and she did not get Coke right. 
Oh, Rachel. And the only, the, Mandy got one right, and it was Coke. Oh, if you're going to get one right, that's the way to go. I thought you'd like that. Yes, I that I appreciate. And so, so I, I'm I want to go back to you though because <laughs> how in the world did you get the others and confuse the real sugar coke and diet coke? Um, what stood out that you reversed them that you thought one was that they were the other ones? Okay, well, it took me forever. First of all, okay. so Mandy and Rachel had their answers within probably two minutes. They they maybe tasted it twice. I kept, I was, I wanted to get it right because, Oh. Okay. so I just kept sipping and sipping and sipping and they're like, today already. And <laughs> finally, I, I just had to make a decision, but I think that I drank it too many times and yeah. then by then I just couldn't discern it anymore. And you contaminated your own results. I did contaminate my own results. So maybe it, maybe the fact that I got three right was sh- by sheer chance. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not redoing this taste test. I'm keeping these results. But I, the yes. Mexican Coke tasted differently to me, and I I was expecting more sweetness. But obviously I didn't think so because I went with Diet Coke. Right. I don't think it's as sweet as like the regular, like regular high fructose corn syrup Coke. It's just different kind of sweet. Yeah, it wasn't um, something that I was used to. Right, and it's 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 a very unusual taste to me. I I have no doubt that I could pick that out. I'm I guess I'm going to have to do this this week to see if I can get five out of five. I'll try the same five, if I can bring myself to buy Pepsi and Diet Pepsi. Well, maybe somebody will donate it to you. <laughs> yeah. They, they they take us. If you would like to send us cokes <laughs> or Pepsis, you can send it to PO Box. I don't have yeah PO Box. Speaking of tangents. Yes, yeah, send it to Speaking of Tangents, care of the Palm. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, don't do that. Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but maybe somebody will say, you know, I took a sip of this Pepsi. I can't stand it. Do you want it? Oh, sure. Just put like a piece of tape over it or put the lid back on it and send it to me. Sure, why not? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I look forward to your results. That just reminded me, I had a taste test that I did this weekend too. Last you weekend. did? Mm-hmm. I, went, I took my son to a birthday party. He's 10. Um, so it was a birthday party for a kid turning 10 and... They a big thing that they're into now is these things where you buy this box of jelly beans that has a mix of flavors. Okay. And it's 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 like part of a game. And I'd never heard of this, but they have two different sides. So you have half of them that taste good that are good flavors, and half of them that are awful flavors like skunk and smelly socks and dog food. Literally. And they they taste like you think that would taste. Really? So do they have vomit? Because I know there's a vomit flavor. Yes. They have they have barf is what they call it. Barf, so yes. okay. And but the trick is there's one on the good side and there's one on the bad side that they all look exactly the same. So like they're they're matching pairs. Oh, okay. And one tastes bad and one tastes good. And there's there's two pair in every box. So this is a box of, you know, like thirty or forty jelly beans. Half of them are good, half of them are bad. And you you reach in and pick like there was one with like it was red that had like yellow dots on it. Okay. And there was two of them two of them in there. You pick two of those. One of them is guaranteed to be good, and one of them is guaranteed to be a bad flavor. And you hand it to somebody else, or you let them pick one pick that one, and then you both eat it at the same time. And one person's going to get good, and one person's going to get not good. And it's like a little you know game. It's almost like Russian roulette jelly bean exactly. for ten year olds. A little bit less dangerous. Yeah, just a little. Okay, so I've not heard of this game either, but it- I had neither. And they, so these kids were doing this. They were doing it, and they were like, 
they couldn't even swallow it. It was like making them gag. And one of them almost threw up and like ran and like we were out on their deck. And so they're like on their packed patio and they're like leaning over the rail, like spitting these things out. And I'm like, this cannot taste that bad. This can't. And so one kid came up and he goes, you try one, you know, you know, cause kids at 10 years old, their big thing is, you know, we're going to fool the adults. We're going to, you know, pull the trick on the adults. Yeah. So he hands me this and I'm like, put it in my mouth and I got a dog food one. Okay. And I could tell it was dog food cause of the smell. But for some reason, I just don't like jelly beans in the first place. The only jelly beans I eat are Starburst jelly beans. I don't oh. like regular old jet flavored jelly beans. So I put this thing in my mouth and I was like, yeah, it, it tastes like dog food. But, you know, I've eaten dog food before. It's not, it's not a terrible. <laughs> wait, wait, it's wait, like, wait, 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 what? What? You've <laughs> yeah, eaten I mean, dog food before? You mean you hadn't tried to eat dog food before out of a can? Uh-uh. Or the drive? No. This tasted, this tasted more like the canned, open up like a can. Anyway. Yeah, yeah so, I've never uh, done that. Oh, okay. Um, so I put this thing in my mouth and I was like, oh, this is definitely dog food. And I was like, but it's, it doesn't taste that much worse to me than like a regular jelly bean that's supposed to taste good. So he's like, which one did you get? I said, I think I got dog food, but I can't really tell because all these are bad. And so they're like m- making it like overreacting hyperbolic about this thing. Like it's the worst thing in the world when they get a bad one. And I think it's just, they're just acting. Well, yeah, so it's I walked dr- up. drama. It's, that's the time of drama too, 10 year old, oh, yes. you know? Oh yes. Definitely my son too. So I walk up and just grab a, because they piled them all on the table. Um, they dumped all, they all got a box and they all just dumped them out on the table in this big giant pile. So you, so sometimes both kids were getting bad ones because they mixed them all up, which was funny to me, which kind of defeated the purpose, but made me laugh. Yeah. So I just walked in and just grabbed a handful. I got like 15 in my hand and just threw them in my mouth. Oh, I bet that, I bet that. And in, they went oh, yeah. like, it was like, like, you know, the apocalypse to them. Oh yeah. They had lost, they lost their mind. I can and, already hear them. Gross. And all the other parents were laughing, so it was good. Yeah, they were they were disgusted. But anyway, that so that was my taste test for last weekend. Yeah, I don't really care for jelly beans either. The only type of jelly beans that I like are black. Like the black licorice? Yes. Oh, most what? Most people what? get have that same response. Oh, and you know what? My mom likes black licorice too, and that's all. That is very unusual. That is a that is a definitely a an acquired taste. I think you yeah. either have that or you not an acquired taste. You either have it or you don't. Right. I because there was a black licorice jelly bean in this box, and I can't remember what the other, it was black licorice and skunk. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure which one of those I'd rather put in my mouth. <laughs> you'd rather have <laughs> you'd rather have skunk. I might prefer the skunk. Real thoughts, real thoughts, real a real thought this weekend stemming out of the tournament that I was involved in. Was it that you hate riding a bike up a hill? (laughs) You know, did I mention that before? Because if I didn't, I hate riding a bike up the hill. (laughs) 20 miles worth of it. I don't mind an occasional hill, but oh my gosh. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No problem. So the golf portion of that event, when when you're done with the bike and the run and then you've had lunch, then the, the tournament folks give you they start bringing out on the golf course. They get on a golf cart and they start coming out and delivering you beer. Mm-hmm. And so free beer. So people are taking that, oh, obviously. Yeah. And I've just, I've had this thought numerous times, but it really came, you know, to the forefront of my mind because of this weekend. Why is it, why does it seem to be generally accepted to drink and drive on the golf course? 
Like these people are pounding beers. <laughs> That's true. And you know, you can get busted for dr- for riding a bicycle while intoxicated. Mm-hmm. But where where are the golf course police? What's wh- why is this considered okay? Have you ever thought that? Now that you mention it, yes, that is interesting because you see people, you know, people have gotten hurt before plenty of times in golf cart accidents when they're sober driving them into sand traps or off little hills. And right. some of those little cart paths at places that I've played, I don't play in any you know super fancy places, can be kind of treacherous in spots. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely don't want to be, you know, kind of out of it when you're driving around corners and up on these little hills and stuff. Well, the golf courses have these large cooler bags, you know, that that mm-hmm. that zip zip close but therefore alcohol. I mean, obviously not only alcohol, but that's usually what's going in there. So, people were stopping at the clubhouse and there's only two people in the cart and they're filling two they they both brought their own bag in and filled it up with alcohol and I'm like, "Okay, well that's not the passenger just drinking that." <laughs> yeah, it's plenty more than enough for two people even. Yeah, so it's just yeah. this thing that has been allowed to sail on past. If you want to drink and drive, just head on out to the golf course. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, I had a real thought this week too. Awesome, let's hear it. That I completely forgot when we were talking about Jingle Fest, uh even liver, uh on the first couple of episodes, I forgot to mention the story of who I met at my hotel the day of Jingle Fest. I was walking back to the hotel to pick up something uh, that Saturday and ran into somebody in the hotel lobby that you may know, you may have heard of possibly. Oh, is this the celebrity that, um, speaking of tangents, tweeted out about? Yes. Okay, who is it? He's a director an actual film movie director, and he's actually been in movies. Oh, really? Yep. What kind of movies? Um, he's German. Okay, are the movies all German? Uh, like no, subtitled? He, he's made some document. No, no, no. He's made some documentaries. He's made some action movies. He was in. He was the villain in the Tom Cruise movie Jack Reacher. I think that Jack Reacher two movie is coming out. I don't know if you saw the first one. I haven't. A few years ago, um, he's the villain in that. Uh, it's Werner Herzog. Oh, or or Werner Herzog, if you're German. <laughs> did did that's pretty cool. So did you speak yeah. with him? I said hello, and he. I mean, it was obvious that he didn't know who I was. So. <laughs> but I, re- it was obvious that he knew. Yeah, I, he he was used to it, used to being recognized, and he was talking with someone. It looked like to be his assistant because she had like a clipboard and was you know telling him. It looked like she was reading off a schedule to him. This is like middle of the day, uh, and he was walking out of the hotel, and I said hey, and he was like, hello. And just kept going. So that was that was the that was the you know extent of the meeting. But I thought it was pretty cool to to run into him there. It, it sounded like he was used to being recognized. Hello. Yes. Keep moving. And he's also the type that is so no nonsense. If you ever watched his movie or seen an interview with him, he's just like yes, 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 no, no. So he's very no nonsense. So I knew better than to start. Having seen some of his interviews, I knew better than to try to start a conversation with him. So I just said hey and just kept on walking. <laughs> Well, that fits in. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, which celebrity did you run into this week? Yes. Kornheiser was doing that for a while. Yeah. We might not have to have an update on that every week, but we may. You never know. You might, but I don't think I will. I certainly didn't expect to see Werner Herzog at a hotel in Washington. No, because you you might expect that in L.A. Yes. Or New York. Germany. (laughs) Or in Germany. This is the hotel that was right across from the venue, Penn Social, right? Yes. And you had two bathrobes. Oh, yes. Two very fancy tiger-striped animal print animal bathrobes. Animal print bathrobes. 
Yes, mm-hmm. and they made an appearance, did they not, in Jingle Fest? I can neither confirm or deny that. Okay. Since that would be outside of the bounds of the actual hotel, I I can never I I, I don't know maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe those were Penn Socials. That's it. You found sure, them in the yeah. green room. Yes, they were in the green room. Yeah. They just happened to be there because Steve had one on too. I don't, I'm not sure where he got his. Wow, small world. Yeah, pretty cool though. Definitely. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. So do we actually have a guest this week? We actually do have a guest this week, a very special guest. Uh, really? Oh, then please welcome Mr. Brad Weiss. How long have you been listening to the Tony Kornheiser show? The what? Or how'd you first discover it? Okay. Um, oh, that show. Um, so a long time. And I discovered it because... Okay, so I used to live in Richmond, Virginia. And I work and have worked in Williamsburg, Virginia for 23 years, believe it or not. And now I live in Williamsburg, Virginia, which I didn't always do. But anyway, um, when I was living in, in Richmond, Virginia, I would, as one does, have to drive to Williamsburg. Uh, and so I was just looking for some way to kill time. And, you know, it's a long, boring stretch of, of Interstate 64. It's about 55 miles, something like that. Um, and I, I was often going in the middle of the day at a time, either just before classes or just after classes or something like that. Um, and uh, heard this guy coming over the radio on ESPN because ESPN sort of, you know, pulled in from I could I could actually pick it up. Uh, and it was back in the day when um Gary was not on it at that point. For some, for there was some stretch of time, and I don't. It wasn't WTM. It was when it was when it was ESPN and when it was national. And it, the big, the big uh, uh, draw for that show was when um, Tony w- would have his banter with Dan the Duke Davis, who was the really sort of serious, uh, steric, you know, um, uh, stentorian toned announcer for ESPN out of Bristol. And and he actually would call up to Bristol for the, they'd actually do the um, not call up, but they'd do the um, you know the news breaks. Um, from from mm-hmm. Bristol, and uh, and and Tony had a bit of a repartee. Not nothing as as uh, he didn't interrupt him nearly as much as he interrupted <laughs> Sheehan. <laughs> um, but he sort of you know that they they had this really interesting like you could just tell that like Dan Davis like at first had no idea what the hell this guy was doing on the show, and then they you know, they sort of figured they sort of warmed up to each other, and that was a really interesting show. And it just and it also preceded the internet sh- the infamous internet show. When you could hear them cursing like sailors, you know, in the um, in the times yes. in between the um, so that was probably about nineteen ninety, I'm going to say nineteen ninety six or ninety seven, something. Like, well, it could have been nineteen ninety six, uh, ninety seven, ninety eight, something like that. So, so, so I think it was ninety. I think it was sometime late nineties. I think it was ninety eight through early two thousands. Yeah, that that era. Right. Of the show yeah, I think it's so. also possible. Yeah. It's even possible that I was listening to because because from Richmond you can you can occasionally pick up. Um, uh, DC radio, so it's possible that I heard an earlier, you know, Washington Post radio slash WTEM, something like that um, ver- version mm-hmm. of the show. Because I, 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 it was definitely the mid to late nineties, um, so so almost twenty years, it's unbelievable. Um, wow, that's that's yeah. really cool that you first picked it up on the radio. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't run into many people nowadays no. that first heard the show on the radio. Right. Let's talk jingles. All right. So, what made you decide, or how did you get involved with jingles? Um, and then talk a little bit about your writing process. How do you come up with your ideas? 
um, all that oh, stuff. Oh, you want me to give away all my secrets? Give them, yes. So that everybody else out there can go three weeks without having a jingle played on the new podcast. Not that anybody's picking track. <laughs> um. That's in your notebook, too, with all the dates of Kornheiser's previous iterations. Yeah, that, that's in my pile. That's, that's in my very long enemies list file that I'm, that I'm <laughs> keeping. So. Who's counting? Who's keeping track? I'm yeah, grateful like for any of stuff. the accolades that I can get. I'll take it. I'll take whatever. Absolutely. I'm a- After all, I'm the third guest to appear on Speaking of Tangents. So, you know, I've got that going for me. Um, so all my secrets <laughs> divulged. Well, you know, uh, KJ and I actually appeared, I think, back to back um, in 2013. Um, after you did um, um, She's So Vain, um, I did Michelle. And of course, guess why I picked Michelle? Because I knew it was a song that he hated more than any song in the world. And I thought, well, at least that <laughs> will stand great. out and that will get some sort of attention. And I recorded it in my car, uh, down, figured out, I didn't even really know how to find karaoke tracks very well at the time. I, I like pulled out a video and then I couldn't figure out how to separate the vocal from the from the um, image so I, I played the video as I sang along into um, nice. and and like the key it's it's Paul McCartney and it's like oh my god that was it was just totally out of my range and I couldn't figure out how to transpose keys so it was if so I'm not encouraging anybody to go back to listen to it unless you, you know like to like drive it to number one for the week which would be perfectly fine with me but it, it was horrible. I mean, it, other than that, it was pretty funny. I mean, it was it was it was kind of funny, and uh, I'll never forget David Aldridge was on the show, and uh, when they when they played it, and he said, "Oh, it's your favorite song," <laughs> um, and it was not really very funny. It was back in the days when mostly what we were doing is putting the lyrics to, you know, "Here Comes Tony's Mailbag" to, to the mm-hmm. to yeah. the to the musical track of some other notorious celebrated song. Um, and so that's what I did. And, um, you know, so what did I do? I got, I got the angle when the angle is the world's, you know, Tony's least favorite song and I'll turn it right. into a, a jingle. Um, so I did that. Um, uh, I didn't even, I didn't realize that you and KJ debuted back to back. Yeah, on the I show. think I remember. I mean, I'm going to say that. I mean, maybe may, there may have been a couple of days between us or something like that. We don't make corrections okay. here, so that's we're going right. with that. Yes, that's it's official absolutely now. the case, and I will not be contradicted. Um, but, but I don't know. So I don't know if that rings a bell with you. But but um, but I don't yeah. remember that. The other thing that was really that was. <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement right there. That's I nice. don't remember it being back to back like you it was, like you did. It was Jason. in the same ballpark. It was you know it was, they were roughly the same time. Um, yeah. And the other thing that was that became very compelling about it was that oh like I recorded the thing on Friday and they played it on Monday. Oh my God! I just thought this is great. I mean, like they'll never get rid of me now. You know, I'll just keep I'll get this, <laughs> I'll just keep sending them in. And then of course you realize like eh. First, so the next one I did was. Also got played pretty quickly. I mean, it didn't get played, you know, like there was a couple, three days lags or something like that in between it. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was like great. And then it was weeks before I played and I had a whole <laughs> mess of them in there that I actually, some of which I actually thought were pretty good. Um, but so that was, that was what got me started. It was just, it was just, uh, you know, like hearing... It was so there was a there was a couple a couple in the spring and then there was a lot then there was of course the summer break and and I didn't really get 
I wasn't really aware of the fact that people were writing these things because at first they were just like singing, you know, a, a Gary song and, and uh, in mm-hmm. Italian or something like John Welsh did or something like that. And, and it was only in yeah. the fall that I realized that, oh, they're actually writing parodies of, of other things. And it was at some point I just remember doing, driving, you know, doing my drive and Michelle popped in my head and I got, how am I going to make the words, you know, how am I going to find the words that are going to fit? Um, everybody was, you know, at the time it was talking about like, tell us what your neighbors do and what you have for lunch. So like, oh, there's, there's two lines right there. That'll work. So did you guys both get on the first one that you submitted to the show made it on the air? Yes. 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 That's but awesome. there were all of four of us that were sending them at the time as well. I mean, it was me, it was me and KJ. I mean, Jerry had already done 60. By the time anybody else, yeah, I was going to say they had a back right. catalog yes, of Jerry. So already. they were. So mostly, it was like listening to Jerry do um, American Pie. That I thought, oh yeah, that, I could do that, um, or I could try to do that. And then, of course, he did the the the, the website, and that was. And I, I'm I'm confident that if he had not put up the website, I would have given it up after four or five jingles because because you know like, well, they're not going to play all of them. Um, and I, I wouldn't right. have seen any point to just continuously. You know, I mean, it's like I sent any. I I used to send an email. Not not actually all that regularly, but after you know, I started sending them. And if they hadn't, you know, if they hadn't read one every five or six emails, I would have said, "Forget it. It's not. You know, what's the point?" Um, yeah. So so anyway, that is that's how I got started. And then, I mean, to be honest, be real. I mean, I got the greatest. I mean, I think we all have to agree that the you know we're not who's getting good the. the the best part about it is when they laugh or they, or they like say, wow, that was great. Or that was really so smart. Or that was just really, you know, you really, you really yes. capture the theme yeah, or the absolutely. theme or the idea of the, of that week or of the, or of the, of, of that day or, or the yeah, story exactly. Or and, and um, so, so of course that's, that, that's, that's really what keeps you going. But the other part of it that really did keep make a huge difference for me is just the, the, the community of people that, that were really, interested in it and and found it and you know yes. like and wanted to to ask you to do stuff and and jerry was really right from the bat right 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 off the bat really liked the idea of of collaborating um he didn't necessarily want to like collaborate with you <laughs> with any particular person he but he wanted everybody <laughs> to be coordinating uh you know so so when we when we did the uh um the stationary wilburys um the, uh early yeah, on right, and yeah. Um, and, 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 and I don't know exactly when it was Kirsten, but it was something like in, it was, it was either late 2013 or maybe early 2014 that I write it, started writing a bunch of duets for us. And then maybe just some straight, just some songs just for you, which you were of course kind enough to, and I will, and I will take, well, I wasn't the very first one to send, um, KJ some lyrics, but for a while I was sort of known as the guy <laughs> who wrote, yes. who wrote, who wrote stuff for, um, for K for KJ cool. to sing it, um. Uh, so, so that was really by far what really what kept me going and re- what kept me engaged and interested in doing it was it was really that um, sense of shared appreciation, which I think the website made made possible. If, honestly, even more than the show, as much as the show is the most fun, I think the the, the website is what really sort of sustains you and and makes you feel like hey, there's some cool oh, stuff on, on there. Absolutely. So, so that's been. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I I recorded, Mm -hmm. I recorded and sent in twenty one. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think we said, you know, uh, you know, twenty two is your lucky number. I mean, um, 
you know, and yeah. then Anita never would have continued, never exactly. would have continued without you guys on the and website. Then Anita sure. comes along and kills it out of the box, and you just want to slit your throat, you know. Great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm happy. Yes, I'm happy, I'm happy I'm, for I'm you. I'm always glad to see other people come. Yes, I'm happy for everyone else. You sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> I'm happy now. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure I sure. would have been if it would have been you know 42 or 43, yes. and then some new person. Came yes. In. Well, and we were all you don't. We were all like, when is when is Jason's gonna song is gonna get on? Yeah, like every, you're just crushing every single one of them. We're like, oh okay, this is the one. This is the one. This is the one. And it took 22. I and know. then I got on with an acapella version of the mailbag of Gary's song. Well, actually, Darius Rucker's song. <laughs> like, yeah. where's the justice? Right. There is no justice. You just have to keep sending in yeah. stuff as it comes up, and and don't ever get caught up in the, hey, why didn't they play my stuff? It's just you have to do it just to be having fun doing right. it, and. Because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna give up real soon. Yeah, and 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 that is the other thing that happens is eventually you just sort of feel. A, I mean, honestly, you feel a kind of uh, honestly. What are we doing here? Uh, I you feel a sense of um, <laughs> yeah. you know you you just get a kind of satisfaction from the, the, the from the doing of it and and like oh that was the real, yes. like there are many that I have done that I thought oh, I really like that one. I really like. I mean, I know a lot of people like the one that I the 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 one I did of Prince, and a lot of people liked. Um, I did one yes. of. Um. Uh, oh, get lucky, and you know I've got a few, and get okay. lucky's on the list. Okay, that I love. Uh-huh. Get lucky. I don't. I don't think ever aired. No. Um. I love your feeling grumpy. That aired. That the, that was that was actually one of the earlier ones, and a lot and a lot of people like that one too. Yeah, I like that one too. Cool. Yep. And doggy bag. Yes. That aired. Yes. And I, I honestly and think I was, I mean, I, I, this is the totally, you know, self-interested and maybe I don't need to put myself out there in this, in this light. But, but I really do think that I picked up on the fact that he had had t- told that story the week before about how, you know, they, I left food <laughs> because I was embarrassed to take home food that somebody else had, had per- bought for me. And I think I was the one who picked yes. up on the fact that that was like, ridiculous given all the free yeah. food he has mooched for for the entire his entire life yes. and, and made exactly. it into a jingle and it then and now it's a thing i mean now it's like oh you got a thing about the doggy bag um i mean and that's i don't mean my jingle i mean everybody's got a jingle about a doggy bag or about you know leaving leaving food at the at the at the palm so that that one that one i like because it did see something like that i don't think was a like a repetitive thing that they kept coming back to and back to and back to. They, but it was rather that right. found something small and and extremely weird, <laughs> and 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 recognized <laughs> that it was uh, that you know there was there was something there worth uh, worth a sort of an itch that you could scratch with that one. Mm-hmm. So Dougie, but I like Dougie. Totally. Do you know off the top of your head how many jingles you've done? Two hundred and forty-five, I think. Yeah. Really, two hundred forty-five? Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, it's like you asked that question. Like you know, you knew that answer. I'm like, Brad, and I'm a jingle addict. It's been two days since I wrote my last jingle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Lots of them. And I used to write. So okay, so let me let me before you get to like what are my favorites. Let me, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my process. Okay, so sure, that'd be great, yeah. all right. So I used to have this really terrible commute, and what I what it meant is that I had to spend time away from home. And what I would do when I was not working and not at home is I would just like, I had, a, I stayed at a friend, the house of a friend of mine, which was nice. Um, but I would, as soon as I was done teaching, as soon as I was done with whatever, ever other, you know, job duties I had, 
for the day, and sometimes even when I wasn't done, <laughs> like I would, I would <laughs> like try to come up with something, um, and either it would be uh, some story that I had to do, and then figure out how the lyrics of how the how the theme or maybe some of the particular wording, how they might lend themselves to the lyrics of some song that 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 that, that mm-hmm. I thought um, that I knew of. Um, and sometimes it was just a song that got in my head and I had to do a jingle of it because I couldn't stop like hearing this um, earworm. So, so, and, oh, and while yes. I was away, I would do that. I mean, literally I could write, I mean, there were, there were weeks you can go back and sort of check the archives of the fire hose. <laughs> and there, there were weeks in 2014 where I was like writing six jingles a week. And it was, it was, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> As a, no, I've yeah. been there. I know exactly. Yeah. I know Steve I've Lipton, been there. I think is pretty. He's, he gets pretty. He's, has gotten pretty close of, of late. He, he seems to. I think he sort of sets himself the challenge of writing one every, after every show. There is something in every show that will that will lend itself to. There was there was literally a time where for about two or three weeks I was like I'm going to limit myself to yeah. one a day that I'm recording. Yeah, exactly. So and I never got to the point of limiting myself. I just would look back and say, Oh man, I that was a lot that week. That was, <laughs> that was not not healthy. But but um. So, so that was a lot of fun for me because it was, it was, it was kind of a challenge. And then there was just sometimes when you, when, you know, you really thought of a song that you thought, thought was really cool. And I'm sure that a lot of the, just because I was sending there, I was, I was writing and, and doing so many of them at the time, they're not going to get played. I mean, it didn't matter if they were all, right. you know, gold, they were not going to play all 14 jingles that I wrote in a two week period. So um so um so there so yeah i mean i don't you know and again that that also helps in your in your um you know i mean of course i take everything uh terribly personally but nonetheless it helps you get over (laughs) yourself a little bit when you realize that you know you're doing what you're doing because it's it's you you kind of can't stop yourself from doing it well yeah yeah, and that's where the um community yeah. That piece comes in where you know it's probably not going to air, but you've got this group of really, yeah. really great people. Absolutely. That, um, that at least that's what that's why I haven't quit. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think they're great um, people. I have no idea. They like me, so so you know that's good enough for me. This should make you happy. Okay. So my stepdad, he he's a well well aware of the jingles, yes. but he always every time I see him, he wants to know. Play that one. Play that one where he, where he. I don't remember what it is, but just play that one. And it's it's your um, what a wonderful world, what a god awful show. Oh, really? <laughs> and every time he pl- I play that and you sing that um, <laughs> deep, he just goes. He just cracks up. That is though he has my undying appreciation. <laughs> I'm so glad. And it's not one like, of my jingles. Oh it's, no, it's. It's yours. I'd like to you try that one. No, it was definitely not. Although you said, I think you said at the time that your voice ends up sounding like that after you try and sing Janis Joplin for a while. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, that's really, really. That's great. I had, I had almost completely forgotten about that one. Um, I figured you'd like that, that. I definitely like that. That's really, really nice. That's very, very nice of him. And and you know, there's tons of things like that that I have to say. Like you get your random out of the blue. I'm sure it's happened to you. I'm sure it's happened to all of you out there in Jingle Land. Somebody, you know, you just hear from somebody in some completely unexpected way. Oh, I heard that jingle. Like you did. I mean, and of course you forget. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you're, I'm actually on a radio show that putatively has a 
maybe even international audience. So it happens. So the other, like uh, about a month ago, I was at the vet. And uh, I was just because our dog was, uh, we were boarding uh, my dog and I was just picking him up. And, and uh, as I'm picking him up, the, the uh, attendant says, well, you know, the vet would like to speak to you. And I said, oh, no. I thought, oh, what? my God, is something wrong with the dog? Does he, is, does he need thousands of dollars worth of shots or what, what terrible fate has befallen my dog? And I, <laughs> and I go, and I haven't met this vet before. We've, there's, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a vet with multiple, it's a practice with multiple veterinarians. And I've only met, he's, my dog's only seen one routinely. And it's this older guy who I'd never met. And he, he looked at me and he said, would it mean anything to you if I said that I was a little? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And it was great. I mean, of course I was, you know, I was only slightly embarrassed, but I, it was, uh, that was so funny. I just thought that was hysterically funny. Um, yeah, that's, and that's a lot of fun. And that's also something that keeps you, I had a, I'm not kidding. Um, a member of the board of trustees of the College of William and Mary write to me <laughs> to say that he looked forward to meeting me at some college event. And I was like, you know, we're going to lose our accreditation if they find out that you are listening, <laughs> that a member of the William and Mary board of trustees is listening to this crap. So, so I've, I've, had, <laughs> that's, I've, had, that's I've great. had a couple of things like that that, are, that really are, 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 are that's quite very fun. cool. Quite fun. So, so underrated jingles. Um, I, what do, I, I always say this, that my, my wife tells me that she's the kiss of death because I've, I've had her do a couple of jingles with me and maybe a couple on her own. And I actually think she's, 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 she's really good. And actually, some of them I think are really, actually really pretty, pretty funny. And they've never played a one of them. So, so there's, there, I did one at Christmas, you know, the, the Earth the Kit song, Santa Baby. Um, so yes. I, oh, yeah, I remember I that. Did, uh, Tony Baby with, you know, instead of, uh, instead of Hurry Down the Chimney Tonight, it's, Santa says you're dead to me now, um, and <laughs> and I had her do uh, Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking, and we did a Mike. We did a, um, a Marvin Gaye, um, uh, Tammy Terrell duet too, which was which was uh, which I thought all of them I thought were a lot of fun. Um, I totally remember oh, all three of so those. Great. Yes, um, and yeah, me too. Yeah. And I agree, they're yeah, great. Yeah, I thought they were. I, I yes. thought they were. Well, I mean, they meant something to me. That's what I would say. I mean, they were they were things that I really that I thought were. Um, they made me either they made me laugh or they just made me they made me think I had I had found something that was interesting. I wouldn't say I mean I don't know they're none of them are great. That that's sort of not the point as far as I'm concerned. They're not they're not meant to be really great. I mean they're like they're totally derivative of somebody else's actual talent <laughs> and and you just find a way to do them. But uh, yeah, the, those so those were those are some of the fun ones for me. And then also I mean I really cool. part of what I really regret about <laughs> among other things. About missing Jingle's liver this last time around was was what I liked the first time I should say is that I I got to do some ones that I, that that I thought were were fun and that nobody had, that hadn't gotten aired but I thought well the they I like them anyway so I'll do them. So speaking of Jingle's liver, yes. why don't you tell us what where you were why you missed it? <sighs> it's a sad. It's a it's it's called a, a job. I have a profession. I am an actually. Uh, I'm an anthropologist who has an actual degree and a job, and so I have to do things like research for my work. No, and actually, I was really happy to to, to be able to do the work that I was doing, other than that it meant that I was going to be in um, uh, Africa during the time that um, that that wink that that liver was held. And I, where I was that particular night, was um, in Johannesburg because um, I was staying with a friend of mine on the. But I was on my way home from. 
um, Tanzania, um, which is where I actually do my research. So I'm in a town called Arusha. If anybody out there has ever been to the Serengeti or has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, it's almost guaranteed that you've been in Arusha because that's a tourist town that almost everybody goes to before they take off to do those, the, all of the, you know, sort of heavily touristed things that one can do in northern Tanzania, and there are a lot of them. Um, and I work in that town. I do um, you know, field research on uh, social life and, and urban transformation in, in, in that part of the world. And so I was there for a month, and then the final days before I was leaving, and I, of course I had already set up the, the days that I was going to go long before I found out about the um, uh, liver, so, so that, was, that was that for me once that was decided. Um, uh, anyway, I had, been, I had just spent a month, and then I was just, as I said, just on my way through um, Johannesburg um, uh, on, the, on the, the night of, as the, as the HBO show goes. Um, and so I, um, so I wasn't able to be there for that. Yeah. Didn't you write a jingle while, while you were in I Tanzania? recorded a jingle, yeah. I think I, rec- I think I recorded a duet with you, right? Didn't we do like that Sinatra thing? I can't remember. Somebody, for, for, for like Bill Bardo or Byron? Oh, I can't yeah. Remember. Somebody that's else not, wrote something. That's not the one I was yeah. referring to. You, didn't no, you no, do no. Circle of Life? Yeah, I did the Circle of Life. I yeah. did because I because like I got to use some Swahili and some and and Isizulu um, in that, which was kind of fun. Yes, and um, they played that yes, one too. They did. I think I recorded that on my way. It was right as uh, obviously at the time of the deer incidents. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think I was on my way to Tanzania and in Johannesburg, coming in. So so that was um, that, I think that's almost certain. That's where I wrote that. One. Yeah, but that, so that was very very cool. I mean, it certainly was was neat to to write something and have it, you know, played appropriate location. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. Yes, it was very cool. It, it was all work related. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you were over there for a month. I was over there for a month. Yes. And what kind of what type of stuff when you go? Like, what what's your daily type of thing that you do when you're there? Or oh, or is there anything you can tell us about your work over yeah, there? Absolutely. Um. So I started working in I started working in Tanzania in the '80s, and then I decided to work in this town in because uh, I was more interested in, in what was going on in urban places mm-hmm. uh, in the very late '90s. And so from the early '90s through through about 2005 or six, I used to go back to this little town. It's not a little town; it's a big, it's a perfectly good size. So I think it's like the second or third biggest city in, um, depending on how you count, um, in Tanzania. And I uh, I live in a in a in a woman's house. I mean, this is, she she takes in boarders and she runs. This, she used to run a um, a, a, a tourist. Um, uh, um, what would I call it? Uh, she used to run a safari business, and so the the people who oh. would come to go on safari with her and with her company would stay in her house for a fee before they would go out on safari. But she also took in people who do research in this part of the world. And there are loads of people who do research in this part of the world because they're interested in things like uh, 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 wildlife migrations across the Serengeti and across, the, uh, across um, all of East Africa. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of folks who work on, who do other ethnographic work, which is to say work, work in communities like there, there are um, Maasai communities that are not very far outside of Arusha and, then there, and there are other... Um, uh, communities in a little bit further away, but the, it's a very convenient location. Like I say, you sort of have to go through Arusha. So, so from friends of mine who who stayed in this 
woman's place, I, I, I found it and I was able to go back there and live, you know, for about a month, uh, every summer for several years consecutively. And what, what I do is, is, was sort of shocking to the people there, which is I actually work on the town as opposed to leaving the town and going somewhere, someplace else to do my research. And everybody's like, hmm. what, what are you doing in this town? Because it just, it's something, some, it's a place that people just literally don't even notice because they're on their way. Uh, on their way elsewhere. But I was really interested. It's a big town and there's lots of people living there and it's full of people who come from uh, other regions of the other country. And I just got interested at first in, um, and I still am, in um, in like popular culture. Um, so things like, I mean, everything I know about gangster rap, I learned in Arusha because all the people that I, <laughs> that I, that I, that I live with and work with were interested in this is in the in the you know early two thousands so they're interested in folks like DMX. Uh, oh and, wow! And it was that yes exactly. And this is a time when Tupac was just you know was recently dead and and the the uh, you know the founding figure of all wonderful things um, OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So so I um, so I really I st- I looked at that and people thought I was looking at hip hop but I really was I was looking at sort of hip-hop fandom in a certain sort of way. I wasn't really mm-hmm. listening to... Uh, I, I didn't really know anything about the music and because I was much more interested in the people themselves uh, rather than the music that they were listening to you know, right. in, a, in a different kind of way. So I wrote a book about that. Um, uh, and I, what I ended up doing there in order to f- like find people and, and find communities of people who were interested in talking to me and, will, and able to talk to me at some length was I ended up working in a lot of barbershops and I had no idea I was going to do that, but I went to bar. I would like I, I I just sort of literally on the first day I was walking around town. Um, I just saw these amazing places that had these huge murals on them, or like paintings of Mr. Chicks and and <laughs> Snoop Dogg and all sorts of like oh uh, uh, Michael Jordan and Will Smith, and I was like, what is going on with these huge paintings? I mean, they're hand painted on there. They're, they're not like posters or anything like that. Wow. Um, and many, many, many of them were barbershops. And I quickly realized, like, there were, uh, n- not exaggerating at all, hundreds and hundreds of barbershops all over town because they're just little social gathering places. I mean, they're places where for about 20 bucks you can buy an electric razor and you can plug it into the electricity that you are siphoning off of the na- a neighboring house. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you can and you can sit, put your younger brother in there to go to work and maybe he'll make you know, a dollar a day, um, but it's steady work and it keeps them off the streets. Or actually, it doesn't keep them off the streets at all. It puts them right on the streets, which is exactly what you're doing when you're when you're a barbershop. So I, so I ended up working with sort of hanging out in barbershops. And I would go from, you know, there were 40 or 50 barbershops that I knew really well, and I'd try to hang out in for about an hour a day in most of them just to say hi to everybody. When you work in East Africa, people just sort of, you know, if you haven't been to talk to them that day, they will say, where have you been? <laughs> what have you been That's doing? Cool. You're yeah. lost. And you're like, well, I, there's other people I need to talk to, too. And I was just here on Tuesday, and it's only Thursday. But in any case, they were really very... And, and I do speak Swahili, and at the time that I was working there, my Swahili was really good. And that was a really great um, uh, uh, icebreaker for me. It, it allowed me to, to you know, talk to people, and they were interested. They, and, of course, they're every bit as interested in, in the United States and American hmm. politics and American economies and all sorts of, you know, certainly American um, uh, music and, and movies. 
um, as I am in, in what they're doing. So they were, you know, I, I think it's without to my own horn, I think it's fair to say they were more or less happy to see me <laughs> when, I, it was very cool, when, I, yeah. when I went yeah. to see them. And then yeah, I also cool. got to know, yeah, and I also got to know the, um, I actually gave Mr. Tony a copy of that, that very book that I, that I wrote about that, um, which is, I'm sure, now in the prize closet somewhere. Um, <laughs> and um, I also got to know the people who were the staff at uh, the house that I lived in and people who did also every. I mean, it, it's really somewhat, it's not impossible to imagine. It's not, it's not that shocking in some ways, but it is, it is the case that almost every kind of trade is car- like if you wanted to get your clothes cleaned, you know, you'd probably go to a shopping mall or to, you'd probably go to a, a you know strip mall and there'd be a dry cleaner next to your right. grocery store or something like that. Well, in Tanzania, it's not like that. There's like people on the street who have a sewing machine, <laughs> and you <laughs> and you bring them a pair of pants and you say, "Can you hem these?" And they sure say, "Sure, it'll be a dollar and a half." And either you wait there while they do it, or they or you 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 know you 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 agree to come back at a at a later. So it's. Total, there's all of this what's called informal economic activity that goes on on the street all day long. For everything from uh, women who will bring a gas burner and some meat and vegetables with them on their back into uh, onto a corner and put out a bench and make lunch for a bunch of people that are working and charge them sixty cents for for a bowl of food and then and then go home at the end of the day with with the three dollars that they've earned or whatever uh, to to seamstresses. To folks who are selling, like you get a huge bundle of used clothing, and then you divide it up among forty people, and they take three pair of pants and two t-shirts, and they walk down the street and they try and sell it to whoever will hmm. be willing to buy it from them. Uh, to people who are um, every sort of large loads of wholesale goods get distributed among smaller and smaller, you know, in smaller and smaller increments. To to people who will sell, you know, they they'll have nothing but like a dozen mangoes on a tray and they'll carry it around and, or maybe they'll just sit on their corner and they'll say, here, I've got, uh, I've got some mangoes if you want to uh, mm-hmm. buy a mango or um, like shoe repair, watch repair. These are really huge uh, little um, informal activities that you'd find all across um, many towns in Africa and in particular in this, in this town. So I got to know a lot of those people because I was on the street with them, right? I mean, I, would, I didn't necessarily have to be a customer where I'm like walking into their store I just got to, you know, hang out and talk to people on the street. So, so a lot of my friends are, are people that I met in that way. And anyway, this, this last trip, I hadn't been to Tanzania, Tanzania in quite some time because, as some of you might know, I was doing very different research <laughs> in the interim. And so uh, I had, it had been about 10 years since I'd been back to Tanzania, but I wanted to go back to see if I'd get started on another project and and really, you know, the thing about what I do as, a, as an anthropologist is I don't actually know what I'm going to do until I get there. Hmm, because I really, cool. I don't know what's, the, I'm, I mean, I can, you know, you can read the newspaper and you could read, read the most recent research and you can know that there are issues that are interesting. But what I'm really interested in is what's the experience that, that just everyday people are having um, hmm. and uh, as they're undergoing these in some cases, quite momentous changes. Like, well, there's a major election that was held in 2015, and it was quite, uh, uh, it was a very different election than people had been used to. It was the first time it was a really competitive election with, with two parties that actually seemed to be in competition as, as opposed to the, the one party that just was going to dominate the other. And so, pe- so people were very, but, and you don't really know how people are understanding or talking about those things until you're actually able to get there and, 
and talk to people or see what like what implications they might have for like who's now who's not going to talk to who because they because they were on opposite sides of this of this election hmm. that sort of thing. So so that's you know what the kind of research that I do really puts me very much on the street with people and um, and finding out about how they're how they're going about living their lives and that's what I went back to do is to find out sort of follow up on people that I knew when they were in their twenties on on what life was like for them now that they were in their thirties and getting mature and having kids and um, you know the sort of challenges that they faced and how they how they were getting by so that's what that's, I was doing that's very cool very interesting. So what are the titles of your books and where can we find them? <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, you can go to books at jingles.com. And, <laughs> and I, I asked Jerry if he would make a special URL just for me. And he said, for you, anything. Um, if you go to amazon.com and you look for Brad Weiss, you'll find my book. So I've written four books, and the first book was really was my dissertation that got transformed into a book. You don't want to know the titles of my books. I'll tell you the title of my most recent book because it's actually the book that I think there's at least a unless – unless unbeknownst to me, there is an underground reservoir of Africanist social scientists that are actually the deeply devoted listeners of the Tony Kornheiser show. Which Man, you never know. Seems <laughs> unlikely. Or maybe they were just saving it up to listen to uh, Speaking of Tangents, and that's, that's, that's your core demographic, unbeknownst to you. So that seems unlikely. But I did just publish a book that has nothing to do with my work in Africa, but instead has to do with the work that I did on alternative food systems in the, in, uh, in the U.S. and primarily in the North Carolina. And that, that is a book that, KJ, what is that book called? Yours is called Real Pigs, it's and I do own it. it. You do. I own it too. <laughs> I have to own it. Um, yeah. So, so that's the that and that, that I you know I wrote that in a way that is really designed to. It does definitely have a kind of academic audience, but it also and it's published by an academic press, Duke Duke University Press. Um, but it's also designed to reach a a slightly you know a a, a much bigger audience, for example, than Brendan Steenburgen's recently book on Missouri sports team. Um, and it actually, one of the coolest things that I, that I found out um, is that the New York Review of Books, which is this little, you know, super high-class, effete, snobbish um, literary magazine, um, uh, has an ad for the book on the back cover of the New York Review of Books because Duke University Press puts, you know, they, they list the prominent books of their most recent season, so I'm one of the I don't know six books or something like that that they that they um, that they put on there. So if you go find yourself a copy of the New York Review of Books and turn it over, and, and uh, you'll see Real Pigs listed there. So hey, I did, as cool. I said, I kind of wrote it for a bigger audience than like if you if you go to the farmers market because you really like to you know get to know farmers and you're interested in the local seasonal products and you maybe you're especially interested in finding. Uh, meat that has been uh, raised outside of the industrial agricultural pro- process that we're ne- now really pervades uh, our restaurants and grocery stores, you know, and you, and you, you don't actually buy the line that eating a Whopper is going to be good for your health. Um, <laughs> you, um, the, you, this is the kind of book that I think might be uh, uh, of interest because I'm working with farm. I worked with people who are, who are not just raising pigs, but also, Processing, which is what's called processing, which is say the butchering animal, butchering pigs, and then mm-hmm. and selling pig, selling pork in in uh, in markets, and 
and then with chefs who in in that region who are who purchase their pork in, in that way, and then with with, with customers and 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 uh, clients who you know who are cooking stuff, uh, and that's and and that's what's really that's what's covered in the book. Very wow. interesting. I'm I go. am going to get to read it, but right now I've got a couple library books that are ahead of it. I got gotcha. I, I I you know you you already did the hard work of buying the book. So yes. as far as I'm concerned, your your work is done. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't buy the book, buy one of your books, but I uh, did read the introductory sample on Amazon. Oh yeah, cool. The Street Dreams and Hip Hop Barbershop. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one that that was about the the barbershops that I. Yeah, that which I, that I that concept is really super cool to me. I'm actually oh. I I do plan to read that to get that and read it. Oh cool. Um, at some point, because that when you're talking about that before, it reminded me of, of that I read the introduction to that, and it's it's actually very interesting and. I, I enjoy that. Um... It's actually very interesting, unlike <laughs> what you might think. <laughs> Believe it or not, I know it's a stretch, but I, it's actually interesting. <laughs> I, I wondered if you were going to comment on the word actually. <laughs> oh, I get that. I get that so often. It's really it's, it's funny. I don't. If you don't mind, I did that. find a review for that book on Amazon. You know, a, a kind of the thing we like to do on our show is yes. oh, do no. Amazon reviews. Yeah, go for it. It says almost exactly what you said, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's one review, and it says three stars. Got it for class. The, this book is more interesting than it seems. <laughs> so I consider that a win. It's definitely that is a win. Great. It's like there was a pretty low bar, and it just made it over that one. So it's a win. That's good. I'll take it. It's the only like Amazon review I actually have anywhere. So that's that's very very funny. That one sounds interesting to me, too, the barbershop one. Cool. Great. Now, speaking of music. <laughs> exactly. The queen Tangen- of the segue here. Tangentially so. <laughs> um, you not only do jingles, but you play a mandolin, and you are in a band. I do. So I do, and I am. I am? You, Wait. As far as yes. I know, you are. <laughs> You're right. Oh, yes. So why don't you tell us about your band? Give us a plug. Maybe sure. where we can find some of your music. Yes, I play I play music. Uh, and the music I play, I have actually even accompanied myself on occasion on a jingle or two. Um, yes. And on a SoundCloud album or two. Um, and yeah, I pl- mostly play the mandolin because... Um, I, I, and I, this is a, this is a life lesson for all of you out there in podcast land. You're never too old to become a half-assed musician. <laughs> and I, and I discovered whole new genres of music. Like I did not, I didn't know anything about bluegrass music. And to be honest, I still don't know anything about bluegrass music. But when you start to play the mandolin, you, like you, you just can't not listen to bluegrass music because it's really the primary mm-hmm. genre right. where you're going to hear your bluegrass played. And I didn't. I think I might have known who Bill Monroe was, but I didn't know any music that he played. So I I listened to that and pretty quickly realized, like, I have no facility for bluegrass music. I did not grow up listening to it. It's actually extremely virtuosic music. Like, you really have to be an excellent and fast player to play. It's not about the harmonic uh, lushness of 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 the... of composition it's really it's it's like three chords and play as fast as you can <laughs> um i also there's a there's a genre of brazilian music that's called choro which in portuguese just means cry so it's it sort of means like blues although it's not huh. really very bluesy music at all it actually sounds 
it's it's very structured and composed, and it's very, 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 very similar to ragtime music. So oh, it has wow. a kind of syncop- syncopated quality with, you know, sort of um, diff- multiple voices um, playing mm-hmm. in, in unison sort of thing, playing in tandem, kind of playing over each other in some ways. Um, and this, this genre, choro, took off in the early 20th century and right through the 20th century in Brazil. And it turns out in the middle of the 20th century, the, this, um, this composer, who's a fantastic mandolinist, really took over the genre and just wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tune, tunes, which are really part of that enormous repertoire for mandolin. So when you learn how to play the mandolin, you, you, you discover these, these, um, these forms of music. And um, a couple of friends of mine who, who live here in, in um, Williamsburg, and I, this is part of the, what was going on when I was commuting, I would come up here and we'd rehearse and practice. And we really, at first we were playing swing tunes that we would just sort of, you know, try out and see if we could enjoy ourselves playing a swing tune every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And then we found that we really, that we got into Shoro and we, and in part it's very melodic. So it, it lends itself to, you know, getting better. It's a good way to practice the mandolin. You can get a little bit better at it as you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also hit on the idea that if we were going to perform and we were playing the mandolin, and so the, at the time it was a trio, and it was two mandolins and a, and a, uh, and a guitar player, and we were called Too Many Mandolins. Um, <laughs> and, and we realized that if we played Shoro, nobody would know what the hell it was. So they wouldn't know if we were doing it well or not. They'd just think, eh, I don't know what that music's supposed to sound like. I guess it sounds fine. So we were able to get ourselves a couple of gigs <laughs> by, by just playing music that nobody really knew what it was supposed to sound like. And then we added a percussionist, and our name changed to Bossa Velha. And Bossa Nova is means that new thing. So Bossa Nova is is was what emerged in the fifties and sixties, and and it was thought of as just like, oh, the happening new thing. And Bossa mm-hmm. Velha means the old thing, because we're a bunch of old guys. So it's real. I think of it as old guy Bossa Nova. That's that's, that's nice. What, that's what it, uh, <laughs> that's the name of our band, Bossa Velha. So you can look on SoundCloud uh, if you want, and you can look up. Uh, or you can even look me up. I think if you just look up Brad Weiss, you'll find a bunch of tunes that we um, that we recorded. And we actually we were recorded by a, by a guy um, who's a very accomplished musician and especially a producer, and actually was an original member of Arcade Fire. Oh wow! Mm. Very cool. I, I, I think yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, and I I think we're at some point we may be doing some original music together, the three oh, cool. of us. And that would be wonderful. John uh, Nicewinger and Fitzpatrick and yeah. other, whoever else can play, Steve. No, that, we'll get to, uh, get get to do some original tunes that submit maybe for some bumpers down the road. That would be great. That would, that would be so fun. Yeah, so I did. I just search for your name on SoundCloud and it comes up, and I can get to all your stuff and yeah. band stuff that way. So yeah. I would say check it out. I have checked it out, and I would if, recommend if other so. people check it out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so that you don't have to do it anymore. I understand <laughs> exactly. Somebody should do it. Exactly. You do it. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Somebody, time to pass the baton. That seems, that seems fair. That seems, you've, you've done your due diligence. I appreciate that. So, Brad, do you have any pets? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me think about that one. You mean like now? Do I have any pets? Yes, I have a pet. I have a dog. I have a what? What is uh, kind of close to a Jack Russell Terrier? So I call him a Jim Russell Terrier. <laughs> he is a he's sort of a rat terrier. He's like longer legged than your standard average Jack Russell terrier. And his name is Peanut. And he was a rescue dog and we saved rescued him about six years ago. And so 
recently, we have moved back from North Carolina to Virginia, and I'm sure that I will take a great deal of uh, hostility for letting you all know that I am not terribly fond of living in Williamsburg, Virginia, but here, such is life, and this is where I find myself. Uh, and in particular, I'm not terribly fond of <laughs> the particular neighborhood I live in for long and, well, why I live in this neighborhood is a, is a long and much, even longer story than I have time for now. But the story I'm going to tell you about Peanut will give you an indication of what it is about my neighborhood that I'm less than crazy about. So my wife, Julie, is out walking Peanut one morning about, I don't know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And she walks him down the block. And as she's coming back, a neighbor across the street who lives not exactly, kitty corner from us. Caddy Wampus, Kitty Work Corner. Well, that's another. You mean that's you mean a, you mean diagonal? On the diagonal. That's okay. right. I, I mean on the diagonal from us. Um, the hypotenuse. On the hypotenuse <laughs> is standing only if it's an equilateral triangle, as it turns. No, if it's a, there you if go. It's a right angle. If it's a right triangle. Um, is standing by her mailbox, and she stops Julie. She doesn't stop her. She just says to her quite abruptly, "Your dog peed in my bush," <laughs> and and Julie is just taken aback and and has literally just got the dog to her yard and says we just no we he didn't we just got here and the woman says i saw you from my window and i came out here to tell you that your dog peed in my bush <laughs> so julie says wow. well I'm, i guess i'm sorry and i'll try to make sure that he avoids your lawn in the future i'm terribly sorry you know but he's a dog I mean, I don't know that she went and elaborated any further, but the woman in a very perfunctory way then says, well, have a nice day. Whereupon Julie, <laughs> you know, and putting on, <laughs> making the best of the situation says to her, you don't really mean that. <laughs> and oh. Yes. Yes. Nice. Striking back from the depths of her feeling. And the woman like turns and says under her breath, well, you are no Christian. And Julie says to her, <laughs> oh, gosh. what did you say? And, the, and whereupon this woman actually says out loud to her, well, you're no Christian. And <laughs> Julie then says, I'll have you know that I am a Catholic and my husband is Jewish. And according to the FBI, Jews are the most persecuted group of all and subject to more hate crimes than any other in the United States. Whereupon the woman turns and says, I should never have said that. <laughs> just walks back into her house and Julie comes in the house, drops an F-bomb <laughs> and says, I just got in a huge fight with the neighbor and told me the story of Peanut <laughs> and, the, and the neighbor. And there are so many things that are interesting about this story. It tells you, as you might imagine, many things about the neighborhood and the extraordinary yes. care and consideration and reputation that is invested in the in lawn care products <laughs> in our neighborhood. But yep. one of the things that I like best about this story is like, if what you're saying is, I don't want your dog to pee on my bush, what you're actually saying is, I would like your dog to pee on somebody else's yard <laughs> because there there's yeah. no place else on the street to go that isn't somebody's yard. So mm -hmm. by definition, my, she's, she's simply saying, I am more important than the rest of you schlubs in your crappy yards. So <laughs> make, please make your dog pee on one of them. But as I also said to Julie, you know, I think what the woman was really saying is, I think your dog is transgendered, and I'd rather they pee on a tree. They shouldn't be peeing on a bush. Um, so, 
because after I mean he has been neutered, so it's a little bit difficult to tell, and he dresses in a jaunty little red collar, so you know you might be confused, and it might frighten, startle the young, whatever else the the poodles poodles that that frequent her bush. I don't know, but it was a, it was not a good story. I mean, it's a terrible, it's a horrifying story. It's just like we go out and we like make daggers and look at the neighbors across the street, and I'm like itching for her to come out and, and pick a fight with me. It hasn't happened yet, though. No, it hasn't. Nope. I mean, I could just go stand next to her mailbox and and lie and wait for, <laughs> for her to come back, but uh, but I haven't do that. Haven't have you tried that. setting a skateboard on fire and rolling it into her? No, driveway? no, I haven't done that. Nor have I like set fire to a bag of dog feces and put it on her doorbell and put it on her doorstep and rang the doorbell. Which there I thought, you go. Well, that, that, that would also be, you know, that would only be justice. So the and the, the literally two or three days later we walked past in the little bed of pebbles that surrounds her mailbox, she stuck a small uh, placard in the ground, a very small round sign, which uh, with a picture of, and I am not kidding, a Jack Russell Terrier. I mean, it's pre-printed, so it's not like it's a picture of Peanut. It's a picture of a Jack Russell Terrier that says, please respect the lawn. <laughs> so, oh. so like, in your face! <laughs> Non-Christian wow. lady. Oh my you should get like you should take dog. a picture of her and like put it with like the little Ghostbusters circle with the X through yes. it I, I on the it. top of it and put that in next to your mailbox and just see what she says. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Yeah, that'd be funny. I'd, although I'd ha- I'd, I would then ha- I think she might break the camera if I tried to do that. I I, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I haven't. I don't. I wouldn't even be able to, to be honest. These are also the kind of neighbors that like never you never actually see other than when they come out to tell you to get your dog out of their yard so i don't actually know yeah. who she is but they see Happ- you so. and they're watching you they through do the window. they're watching me through the window that and might my, be the creepiest part of that story yeah, yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit yeah it's so it's great like did she confuse peanut with another dog or did no did no no, no, no. Did oh, peanut the, 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 actually pee on the yard I think he might have peed on the yard, like you know. So you know, you are walking him down the block, and he may have peed on his way, and as he does, and then he's a dog. Yeah. Yes. I guess okay. get over it, people. Dogs go to the bathroom too, and he's just you know he may have peed on the lawn, on the bush, on the on the way out, and then on the way back, she just made a point of stopping and notifying my wife that the dog had done this heinous crime that needed to be accounted for. Oh that's where that's when there I probably go. would have said, "Oh, thanks for letting me know," and just kept walking. Yeah. Yep. 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 But no, I'm actually no. I'm very glad Julie did not just take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I probably would have taken it and then been mad at myself for not saying anything, and then later right. thought of what I could say, and then it's exactly. too late. No, but right. See, Julie was she lives in the moment, so she was she was primed. And said exactly. Well, she was set up for, for you know, whenever somebody says, you know, have a nice day, she was ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How annoying to have that lady say yes. that, have a nice day yes. after you yes. just yes. got yes, yelled exactly. at. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Or not even yelled at, just like talk down to Right. You know? I mean, just Condescended sort of like, to. Exactly. In, in the, like you're a the, preschooler or something. That's the yeah. cherry on top is the have a nice day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Way to go, Julie. Yep. Yep, she represented good. Oh, absolutely. And with that, I think we'll wrap it up and say we appreciate it, man. Thank you so yeah. much. This was a great deal of fun. Oh, thank man, you. Thanks for joining us. I'm, I'm always happy to talk to both of you. 
Spinderella, cut it up. Let's talk about Fantasy FB. Let's talk about a Littles League. Let's talk about all the good teams and the bad beats from last week. Let's talk about specs. Let's talk about stats. Let's talk about flex. Let's talk about fantasy football. So... Welcome to our fantasy football deep dive for this week. You got to bring that energy up, Haas. <sighs> I don't know if I can. I'm going to be the one bringing the pain. You have to bring some energy. <sighs> you don't care about this. You really don't. You, you, I try you to tell myself Sam I Bradford don't. as a joke. You don't care if your team's up. I mean, no, that's not true. You do care if your team's 0-2, and you probably want to represent your um, the title in the second year. Yes. Like You, you want to defend your title at least... You'd probably like to make the playoffs and at least have a shot at repeating. Yes. And now you're an embarrassment, just like I am. I am possibly the worst team in the league this year, <laughs> except for whoever KJ played. Who was that? The Po Box? Well, I barely beat Po Box. It's just, think, it's just week to week. I think they're week. the only team that scored less points than me so far total. You just never know what's going to happen from week to week. It, it, there's there's okay so oh, i know what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> well okay let's just get into it yeah, yeah. okay why fantasy <laughs> football is terrible yes. so i understand that everybody's gonna take bad beats that's gonna happen you know patrick wrote about it on the league homepage. everybody has probably pulled out close to as many wins as they lost on monday night or whenever the last person in their league. But everybody That's takes bad beats. Rare. The last two weeks, I was very confident that I was going to win going into the Monday night, the last game of the week, because it was the the second Monday night game in the first week. I needed uh-huh. eight points. Uh, the Rams were going against Seattle's, or no, the Rams were going San against Francisco. San Francisco's offense, which is just dreadful. And they are dreadful, but they're doing better than I thought they would do. Oh, yeah. I thought they would be the worst team in the league. And unfortunately, it looks like that's going to be Cleveland again. So, <laughs> did you did you hear that Corey Coleman broke his hand today? Yes. The receiver? Yeah. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Just like, they can't get any kind of yeah. a break. I mean, Steeler fa- again, we're Steeler fans. So spoiled. Packer fans have had a Hall of Fame quarterback for the last 25 years and mm-hmm. have multiple championships. I mean, mm-hmm. the three of us as fans are ridiculously spoiled. Cleveland fans have, Browns fans specifically, th- nothing. They they were good in 2002. They were good in 1994. I think they were wild cards in both those seasons, I want to say. Th- that's it. They've had how many first-round picks, how many top-five picks have been just busts? Not disappointments. Yeah. Busts. Terrible. Can't yeah, play at the, all. Have you seen the picture of the jersey where this shows the back of the jersey and it's got all the quarterbacks. It's a Tim Couch jersey, first off. Okay. <laughs> and then it's got like all the names taped down the side of it. Kelly Holcomb. And it like goes all the way down to the floor. Derek of Anderson. Like all Derek the, Anderson yeah, had all that one good year that he was he was good. Yeah, that's the thing. They have if if they get a guy, it's not it's not usually through the draft. It's some random person that is filling in, and he's good for about six or seven games, and then he's terrible the next year, or they get rid of him for some reason. So back to the original question, then: What is uh... why is fantasy football so awful? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take bad beats, but yeah. there's two things at play here. Number one is it really I can live with. Let's say that Claire. Th- there's a number of reasons why I had a real problem with losing this week to Claire. 
number one, Vance McDonald. Claire, it's just her team. Yeah, no, Claire. Yeah, Claire, you're fine. I'm not. That's nothing personal. <laughs> we love Claire. Yeah. Vance McDonald caught one pass. It went for 75 yards and a touchdown. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. So 13 points. Yeah. The second tough. thing I have a problem with is Ryan Matthews. If Demarco Murray had gone crazy and had scored a ton of points, or Drew Brees had thrown four touchdowns, yeah, you expect to lose like that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Matthews, who I think is a good running back, gets seven carries. He wasn't yeah. even a part of the game plan, which I don't understand. Why did they even acquire him? I mean, I know he was acquired under Chip Kelly, but why didn't they get rid of him? Yeah. But So they, they gave him the ball seven him, yeah. times. Barner was on the field. Smallwood got some carries. Um, who's the other kid? That was Sproles. I, yeah, Sproles was, was out there a lot. Ryan Matthews did gets you? seven carries. He gets two touchdowns off of turnovers deep in, like, he was an afterthought, and he gets 15 points in a matter of, like, what was it, eight minutes? Like, yeah. real time? Not was, not was eight a, minutes it, game yeah, it was time. Like quarter. Yeah, It was it, just, and, and I was, I just wanted to break everything. I mean, I, oh, I yeah. was, I was livid. And it was specifically because it was the second week in a row that I was just, I felt like I got a bad beat, that things didn't go the way they were supposed to, and... The insult well, close. was was that they didn't even they, their best running back wasn't even being used when they have a rookie quarterback back there. Right. And, it and didn't I, even seem like good football strategy. No. This week, the fact that the fact that they went for it on fourth down at like the two, and Sproles is in there, and I'm thinking, oh, even if they get it, you know, Rob is safe because Matthews is on the bench. He's not getting the ball. So they hand it to Sproles. He's tackled at the one. But the Bears lined up in the neutral zone. It so just... the Eagles get another fourth down. And I'm thinking, oh, now they're going to kick it. No. What do they do? They put Matthews in, and he scores a touchdown. It, yeah. it just – That's unbelievable. It, it, oh, yeah. my God. that That's hard to live with. If, yes. if if he had twenty carries, ran for 100 yards, scored a touchdown, you're like, okay, yeah, Ryan Matthews is good. I mean, he could he yeah. could do that. He had no points. It was the fourth quarter. He had no points. <laughs> and what did he end up with? 15, 16? He had 15. He scored literally, I want to say it was like eight minutes of real time. It was probably a little bit more than that. Maybe it was 12. But like, I, I you look up and all of a sudden, uh, so, so the second part of that that really drives me crazy is, you know, guys are going to get hurt. Doug Martin gets hurt. He got two points. Okay. It's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably going to benefit from that some Somewhere down the line. I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But the reason that I swapped out Brandon McManus for Mike Nugent is because I looked at the weather and it was it was going to be clear. It wasn't going to rain. I picked up Mike right. Nugent. Um, I want to say the morning of. I think it was Sunday morning. I looked at the weather app. It did not. Now, I am about 20 minutes northwest of Pittsburgh. It mm-hmm. barely rained where I am. And it was an absolute downpour in in Heinz Field. I mean, oh, it was a deluge. I don't think it, it, I don't think I've ever seen rain on TV in HD that obscured this screen as much yeah. as that game when I'm watching. I, I never would it. have made that swap because I just figured, well, the offenses are going to struggle if the weather, which they did. Even oh yeah, even your boy Antonio Brown um, struggled. And well, AJ Green didn't do anything. AJ Green and, did, yeah. I mean, the field was terrible. Guys were slipping on it. Um, had some Roethlisberger lost, yeah. For me, but that was it. He lost. He lost a handle on the ball. It was awful. I never would have done that. And I checked, and I didn't check Pittsburgh weather. But I'm not that far away. We got almost nothing. The sun was out where I am, where um, <laughs> it, and it was it was when it was really bad in the stadium. Like you couldn't see. It just, I mean. 
And so Brandon McManus scored four more points than Nugent. That would have been the difference, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. What did you just, lose by one? I one lost two. by one. Yeah. That's that's the tough part of and that. And so all of that, like, I just felt like I was, okay, part of that was on me, but I felt like I got bad information. I checked it. The rain was, wasn't was supposed to show up until about 5 o'clock. It's just like, I mean, I'm trying not to curse on your, your podcast, but I just want to use <laughs> the worst language because I'm so irate. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking it, of cursing, though, I had shut that Monday night game off, and... All of a sudden, I'm getting tweets that start off with the F-bomb with the middle two characters removed. <laughs> and then they ended up using the full term, tweet, tweets from you. And oh, I'm I was like, going to say, by they, you mean me. Yeah, you. Yes. And so then I said, oh, boy, I better check this out. And then I saw that you lost by one because Matthews had two touchdowns. And then Jason told me how he got two touchdowns. And I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Oh, my God. So, anyways, the point is, this is why I hate fantasy football. Because if I win, I expect to win. And I don't really enjoy it that much. If I lose, I hate my life. It it makes no sense. It's ridiculous. I was was chatting with uh, Snarky Redhead. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that what? Snarky Ginger? Uh Snarky Redhead? I forget what her... her She's got one is the name and one is the handle. Right. But, and she's... she's, She's a mental health specialist. That's what her line of work is. No. So, so I'm going off. And then so I go inside in the and DM her. And we were chatting about it. And and just how, like, I, I'm such a child. Like, I, I was legitimately angry. Like, I, I'm just out of control. It ruins my, like, why am I doing this to myself? I mean, really, why do I do that? Yeah. The well, three like- of us last year decided we weren't going to play. Oh yeah, yep. the end of the season last year, I was like, I'm done, I'm out, and then I won, and I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm I got to play again. one more year. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but you could have done the John Elway thing, Jason, and just walked away after one season <laughs> winning. Absolutely, you're miserable well, Elway, now. Uh, Elway walked with two, so it's understandable why he might want to come back. Mm-hmm. I see. So, yes. uh, you know, and all three of us were just, and we were on playoff contention. Now I think KJ can win the championship, so that's. Yeah. Makes me feel a little bit better, but not a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and and, well, what f- and you're terrible too, Jason. Oh, well, my, my team is the next to the worst team. In the and league. that makes yeah, you feel I, a I, little I, bit better, but not a lot better. Just, <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, the thing, my thing with fantasy football, I didn't take a bad beat this week because Patrick had beaten me by like 3 p.m. on Sunday. I was done. Right, right. Because he had like. I mean, that's not Lacey much better, but Jordy I prefer Nelson that. On Sunday night. Yeah. But the thing that I hated though. Is that I found myself I had I put Dalton in this week at quarterback and they played right. in the Steelers and obviously I'm a Steelers fan right and in the Steelers game I found myself going okay maybe Dalton could throw like three touchdowns after the Steelers get four you're trying and, to split it right you don't yeah, know what to root for I it made me angry because there's no team that I really hate more than well I hate the Ravens and the, the Ravens. Patriots obviously the Ravens and the Patriots yeah but then Cincinnati's getting up there because they're kind of they're they're not they're not quite the Ravens because they haven't actually beaten the Steelers in the playoffs that I can remember um, recently. Who the the, the Ravens? Bengals? The Bengals have they ever beaten the Steelers in the playoffs? Um, or in any game that really mattered? You... <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I mean, they've seriously. they've split the season series several times the last uh, few years, right. and they've won at Heinz Field. Um, right, but when it comes down to, I don't it, think they've not... won in the playoffs. But I don't think that the Steelers have played them very often in the playoffs. Didn't the Bengals go further than the Steelers yet last year? But they didn't uh, play each other. 
No, the Steelers beat the Bengals in the That's playoffs. That's the one where Burfecht hit Antonio Brown oh, in the head. Oh, okay. They did. That's didn't. why he couldn't play so, in Denver. Yeah. They so, didn't yeah, that, that, okay. They had them beat. They just they had yeah. two penalties on the last that's play, right. and they yeah. just remember? dumb penalties. Yeah. Oh yep, my god! Can right. you imagine being a Bengals fan and your guys are like, are you serious? <laughs> no. Nope. And it's Pac-Man and Burfecht, and those are the guys you would hope wouldn't do it. Yeah. But those are the two most likely Mostly, to do yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> KJ, who are the who are the teams that you hate? I mean, I think it's obvious, but I just want to. Well, I hate the I I used to I don't really care as much anymore about football in general, so I don't hate as much. I used to hate the Cowboys, and I okay. used to hate the Miami. Really, I don't, Miami. I, I don't know why, and I used to hate Minnesota. Okay, see that one makes sense. And Dallas, yeah. anybody that says they hate Dallas, I get it. But yeah, Miami, it's like that's hating the one. Yankees. Sure. Um, I don't know why I hated Miami. Now I don't care. I don't hate any of the teams, even Minnesota. What about baseball? Well, the Yankees. Um, well, yeah, but that's I think that's a given. Yeah, the Yankees. Um, that's about it in baseball. Okay. I like I like baseball in general, so I just like to watch any team. And you're personable, but... so you don't want to be adversarial towards any no, fan base. If I hate it, <laughs> if I truly hated them, I'd tell you. But the Yankees, now that A Rod's gone. I don't really hate them as much as I used to. Yeah, A Rod yeah. was hard to stomach. Yeah, I tend to dislike players more than teams in baseball because I really don't. I mean, I don't like I don't like the Braves. I don't really like any other uh, baseball team really that much. I don't watch much anymore. So it's it's more players that I'm like I really I really don't care for that guy. I I, I have a hard time. I when I looked at the All Star rosters. <laughs> I mean, I knew like four guys on each team. I'm so yeah, far here. out of the loop of baseball. I just didn't know same who here. any of them were. I take that back. Last year, I hated the Kansas City Royals. What? I <laughs> Here's why. You'd think that most people would be cheering for them because there's a Midwest team and they it's hard not to cheer for them. Sure. But they came in to, when they beat, the, when they played the Twins and the Twins stink, we all know that. But they sure. were just they would just crush us and they're so they were so arrogant and the way that they would throw at the pitchers would throw at batters and then they'd get people going and it just pissed me off. Now this year they're losing <laughs> and I'm okay with them losing. Right. Okay. The Royals, you mean, yeah. Yeah, but I well, the twins are losing this year and last year and probably <laughs> That's what next the year. Twins do. That's what the twins do. And I I used to really, really hate the St. Louis Cardinals. Because I'm a Cubs fan as well. Sure. But, Everybody hates the Cardinals, I think. But it's kind of like Wilbon's take on the Cardinals and the Packers. You hate them, but you admire them so much because they're so good. And they have you such have a good organization. Them, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. how I feel about the Cardinals now. I still hate them. I mostly hate them. <laughs> and I don't even like baseball. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm back to being okay with the Royals. But there was a stint in there where I was just like, get it okay. over with. Go win the championship and shut up. <laughs> wow so, okay. how's that for personable okay strong take <laughs> that's that nice minnesota temperament right there yeah. all right so um little's league raju's rejects so we already went over adam and kj are tied for first two and oh mm-hmm. uh let's see who is dc so shad is one and one john I is cannot one believe and one. I cannot believe we're losing to Shad. <laughs> Shad well, scored a whole a bunch of defense. points. I know. 
I know. Well, Didn't again, score a bunch? It's, a, it's a 16 team league and it's thin. So if you have a couple guys that score, remember Cam Newton last year, yeah, a couple guys that it. score, and uh, all of a sudden you're at like 60 points with two guys. Now you don't really need a lot from the other people because if you get to 90 points, you have a decent shot at winning. Yeah. Yeah. If you get that, to 70 points and you're playing me, you have a shot at winning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I haven't had that pleasure yet. So Patrick is also one and one uh, at zero and two. Carol and you and um, Jeff and Will. Mm-hmm. And we already said in the other division, the bald and orange division, we had Spike and Claire at the top, um, and also Brendan. We have uh, Todd is at one and one. Joe is at one and one. I play him this week. Jamie is at one and one. And I am languishing in last place again with Tracy. So the the basic yeah. riff is just that fantasy football is terrible. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's so next year. I Okay. So I like the camaraderie aspect. Yes. But but I also don't like the um, publicly going out and telling people, oh, these are guys to look for, and then they pick <laughs> them up and I can't get them. <laughs> so I think uh, this week, Dwayne Washington uh, for Detroit. I had him in my waiver wire uh, in the draft special we did. I had him on the waiver wire, um, I guess, God, what would you call it? I had a group of players that, that – Mm-hmm. In case, you know, of emergency break glass, these are guys that could uh, end up doing something. And I didn't have, I don't know if Pitta was drafted and, and dropped, but I did not have Pitta. I had Max Williams and Crockett Gilmore. And uh, Pitta is the guy. I mean, you dislocate your hip twice. I, I just don't know how you can keep playing professional football. And he seems yeah. to be able to do it. Now, the downside is that that hip is coming out at some point. I mean, I just... I don't think I'm going to be able to ride him out to the end of the year. No. Um, I admire the man for <laughs> coming back for a third dislocation, though. Um, <laughs> Arizona is passing to their tight ends more than they had, but um, Jermaine Gresham is getting some of those looks, and I thought that he would stay into block and Fells would be the pass catcher. Nobody there has really done a whole lot yet. Jordan Cameron was uh, was undrafted. He had a touchdown, I think, last week. Jermaine Curse and Paul Richardson now look like um, they might get some opportunities because I think Doug Baldwin is hurt, and so is Lockett. Both those guys, um, with increased reps and um, snaps, can um, I think they can be startable in a 16-team league. Tyro Williams was already picked up. Jared Aberderis. Devontae Adams is... I don't know why Aaron Rodgers keeps throwing to Devontae Adams. Me either. I don't understand what's going on with Cobb. I mean, this is sort of like 2015 all over again. I really thought Cobb would revert with Nelson on the field. You know, if they had him out at the X, then that would open things up for Cobb. You know, the, how they do um, passer rating from uh, the quarterback to the receiver, like every receiver in the league. And right. I, th- I, Devontae Adams is just awful. I mean, for for whatever reason, whether he's running bad routes, whether he's dropping passes, whether Roger when he's whether he's not reading the coverage properly, and uh, he's not where he's supposed to be, I don't know what it is. But he and Rogers keep not hooking up. And I watched that game. Who'd they play? They played on Sunday night, right? Minnesota. Vikings. Minnesota. Yeah. Man, Vikings defense is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just a function of the defense or if, but the, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look as good. And I don't understand why he seems to be sending so many targets over to Adams. I just don't get it. 
did you see the article that was just, I think it was released today from The Ringer about, you know, theories no, of theories of why, what's happened to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no. It was no, a pretty I good oh, article. I'll read, that. I'll read that later. I was thankful I to hear. When I read it, I was thankful not to see, well, since he started dating Olivia Munn, this is why, you know. I like <laughs> Olivia Munn. She's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they didn't mention that at all, which I was happy for or happy about. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's because yeah, that's the easy go to yes. answer that I think a lot of people would take. I I feel like as far as Rogers, I, he what is he like she's a voodoo time? doll. I don't understand why dating somebody would be because people people because do that all the time. It's like oh he she drew his attention away from the that's game idiotic. and he wasn't yeah. able to focus, and which is stupid because it, it, things don't work like well, that. Well, I think it doesn't that seem to it, be a problem for Tom Brady. No, and I think no. that actually and, happened last year. There was big big drama. Aren't all quarterbacks dating models? I mean, we already or talked about Jay Cutler, TV but stars, that's, yeah. that's yeah, I understand. Wasn't it a big deal when Romo went to Mexico with some yeah. celebrity lady? Who, Jessica Romo? Simpson? Yeah. Simpson, yeah. Maybe it was. Yeah, he like went to Mexico or something with her on a vacation oh, yeah. during the off season and people like lost their mind. And I'm like... Quarterbacks date beautiful women. <laughs> yes. Newsflash. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And some of them still have... Russell Wilson seems to be doing okay. Yeah, with well, whoever that is, foot or whatever his ankle. That's an injury, but I'm sure he'll be fine this year. They all date models. I I don't. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's why I was happy not to see it because I saw it last year, and they didn't mention his feud with his brother from The Bachelorette either, which was very happy they didn't mention that, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Yeah, I think most of his problem is his offensive line getting him no giving him no time, and that's the problem. It's not as good as it you would hope it could be. Yeah, you know, Josh Sitton might might have been good. Yeah, I, I don't understand why. And conversely, him. the opposite of that, I think Roethlisberger is doing better this year, and the Steelers' offense looks better even than it did last year because their line is actually doing a better job of protecting than it has in the past few years because they not everybody's injured. I don't mean this to be hyperbolic at all, but the sometimes I think this. I don't always think this. I rarely mm-hmm. think this, but sometimes I do think this. Mike Munchak is the most valuable person in the organization. Now, I know it's... Is he the offensive line coach? He's the offensive line coach. He's the former head coach. Yep. And he's not really a coordinator type. Right. So, nobody, he can't really get a promotion to to be a coordinator. And I don't. I'm not sure he has any interest in it. So unless he gets another head coaching job, he's basically a position coach slash um, associate head coach or whatever the term they have. You know how they have like a – I don't even – I guess it's just – it's it's sort of like in they the corporate world. Assistant head coach. Assistant, yeah. yeah, associate assistant, whatever. But it's sort of like um, – it's just a title that they can give right. somebody that connotes uh, a certain level of respect. And he, he probably gets paid more than most position Oh, I'm, Oh, yeah. I'm sure he does. <laughs> he is brilliant. That's probably a good sign, though, if if they're playing, if the O line is playing better even than last year, then perhaps Roethlisberger will not get injured this year, and that could be trouble for every other team. Yeah, because they've got a potent I, I offense. Wanna, I don't want to say too much, you know, after second game of the season, second week, but if their secondary gets even remotely better than it was last year, the, and they and the the line keeps protecting him. They could they could do some damage this well, year. Well, they're they grading out. I got a subscription to Pro Football Focus's um, position yeah. grades. Uh, it's only like twenty bucks, and I had never 
looked into it and I didn't know what it looked like. So I thought I'm just going to do this this year so I can get a little bit more cool. information. And the both cornerbacks and both safeties are inside the top 30. So it's basically they're in the top half. If they can stay in the top half, mm-hmm. the Steelers are going to be hard to beat. Oh, yeah. If, they, if they're just above average, like you're saying. That's it. They that's, just have to be a little bit need. above average. Cockrell's they playing don't. well at uh, cornerback. Mm-hmm. They're, they're getting adequate play. Now, it's only two games. Let's not get carried away. And not only that, but the weather was a factor against Cincinnati. Cincinnati might have been a tougher out, although I think the you know, Steelers offense would have performed better, too, if the weather was good. Right. And then, you know, the Washington professional football team is not very good. No. They, they are going to yield many jingles in the next couple of months, I think. Oh my gosh! Yeah, more than that, likely. I think I think last year the that run at the end of the season and then the one playoff game that they had it just set set them up for disappointment this year. Mm-hmm. Cousins just, had five really good games. I mean, that's I think that's pretty much what it came down to. Yeah, but so did like guys like Blake Bortles. I mean, right? <laughs> well, they were smart not to give him the big contract. Uh, that that is one thing I will say. Yes, that that is a good. That was looking like a much better decision every day, every game. Yeah, four definitely. years ago they would have given him a hundred million dollars. Snyder would have just said, "Pay him." Done. Well, uh, you remember it's... when the backup dude from Green Bay was it Flynn? He came Flynn, in yeah. and played two games one when game. Rodgers was out. One game. Sure it was really two? one I game. It was one. Through like five or six. Yeah, it was he one threw game. Six touchdowns. He yeah. threw yeah. six touchdowns, and what did uh, somebody gave him a deal? And is he playing Seattle, in the league? Seattle. Yeah. He's not playing. He's playing somewhere. He went to Seattle, and then the year they gave him, I, God, I want to say $40 million, Russell Wilson beat him out. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm not sure if he they traded him that year or the year after to the Raiders. No, they. I think they cut – did they cut him? I think they cut I him. I think they let him go. I think they released him. And then the Raiders signed him to a big contract, mm-hmm. and then he got beat out by Derek Carr. Yep. Yeah. And then he, so he got like... I don't know where he is now. He ended up getting like $40 million and he didn't play. Uh-uh. Which is not a bad gig. It's not a bad... So what are we talking about <laughs> last week with Griffin? Yeah. If you can be a career yeah. backup, it's fantastic work. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Speaking of career backups, who's the... Isn't it... Didn't I read that Charlie Whitehurst is going to be the Cleveland yeah. quarterback? Yeah. Is <laughs> yeah, he not Clipboard yes. Jesus? <laughs> yes, you are yes, correct. Yes, I love it. Oh, my God. I sure hope Meanwhile, that Clipboard Jesus likes to throw to Barnage. <laughs> well, Corey Coleman out. I mean, it's him or Terrell Pryor at this point. Maybe Duke Johnson. Yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. Cleveland. Jesus. It's brutal. Cleveland. They're not looking so smart to to um, drop Johnny Football now. I'm kidding. I don't know about that. I'm kidding. Oh, okay, okay. It's just so hard. Okay. You're so deadpan. I, I couldn't like, what the hell are you talking about? That was good. You got me too. Well, you totally got me. I do wow. get accused of deadpan. I feel like Manti Teo. <laughs> <laughs> We've got no qualification, so here's our recommendations. I do actually have one thing I'd like to recommend this week, and it's something that I've been meaning to actually bring up uh, in every episode, but I just never got around to it or I would always forget. We probably didn't have enough time. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're always running short on time. Yep. Um, But I know you've probably heard of The Ringer, Bill Simmons' new website and everything that started after he left ESPN. Yes, definitely. Um, A lot of cool stuff on there, and I read probably a third of it just for lack of time um, now, but... 
it's always some interesting stuff on there. A lot of writers in particular that I kind of try to, to follow on there. Um, but my favorite on there has got to be Shea Serrano. And okay. He, he's a guy from Houston, and uh, I think he still actually lives in Houston. And I follow him on Twitter now, and he tweets some hilarious stuff and pictures of his kids and stuff that just cracks me up. Uh, so I would check him out on Twitter um, or particular read all his articles on The Ringer, ringer.com, because they he brings a humor and uh, just a – if you like stuff that's funny and is also brings in like comparisons, like he recently did an action movies uh, one where he was like, here's all the tropes from these action movies and things like that. He's the one who wrote uh, on the flags of the yes. Olympic countries, which I, I believe I sent to you. Yeah, I read that article and I thought it was really good, really yeah, funny. It's really great. He, had, I love his way of approaching stuff and some of his insights that he has. It's just very cool and very interesting. Um, but primarily, I read him because it's he's hilarious and I love his insight. Cool. Well, I'd like to check him out more. Was he on the old uh, site, Grantland? Do you know? Yes. He was. Yes, that's where I ended up um, following him to begin with. And he, he wrote the rap yearbook. What which, is that? That sounds interesting. It's very interesting. It's like going back, um, I can't remember when it starts. I think it starts in the 70s or 80s. And he picks the best, the most important rap song or hip-hop song to be released that particular calendar year up through, I think it's, I think it came out in 2014 or 2015. So it's like every year between whatever it starts in the late 70s, early 80s up till now, um, he picks the, you know, the most influential or the most important. Or it's, Sometimes it's just his favorite uh, rap or hip-hop song of the year. And it's great. He, it's got all kinds of cool illustrations and pictures, and his, his writing is very funny. I actually bought that book and gave a copy to Tony when I was visited the show um, last November. So um. Cool. So that's a book. Not a, yes. Okay. Cool. Absolutely, and it's a great book. I'd I'd definitely recommend checking it out if you're into rap or you know, rap <laughs> <laughs> like I am hip hop in general. That does sound interesting, and you know, just in general, the grant the former Grantland writers. I'm assuming mm-hmm. a lot of them are on the Ringer now, and yeah, a lot of them. They're great. Yeah, I would definitely say check out the Ringer. Um, there there's some stuff on there that I believe I've aged out of. Okay. Uh, I think is the way I would put it. I've gotten a little too old. Um, there's some early 20s writers, new people that weren't on Grantland that came on that oh. I don't have any problem with them. It's just... Oh, so like millennials? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Early millennials. Okay. And they're like using phrases and terminology and things that I'm like, I would literally have to look up every fourth or fifth word in this article. I can't do that. <laughs> so I just like, okay. <laughs> uh, and not that it's not, that it's not, not good. It's just not particularly for me. Right. Well, anyway. well, speaking of millennials, I've got a recommendation. Oh, no. And I don't think, I think you're going to give me some pushback on this, so. <laughs> well, it didn't, if it involves millennials, probably. Yes. So the, the new season of Survivor, uh-huh. the television show, the reality TV show that's just started its 33rd season. I think uh, that's wow. that, somebody on, when I said the word kindling, that's where I saw it last night. Oh, okay. So they always do, well, not always, but recently they've done uh, setups where there's two different teams. So in the past they've had, I think, relatives versus friends, or I don't I don't remember what they're called. But this year... Basically, it's some convoluted, staged... Right, exactly. So this <laughs> you year... You know how I feel about reality TV. Yes, and I do not care for reality TV either, except for Survivor. Like, I've watched every season of survivor and i don't even know why anymore <laughs> but this one is millennials versus the gen x generation oh, no. uh. 
which is is just really dumb, right? So then the, they're interviewing the millennials and they're talking about how they we're the greatest generation ever and and they there was a cyclone they're in the island of Fiji this year and there was a cyclone that came through and instead of building their shelter, they sat on the beach and just chilled out and then they complained about being drenched. Wait a minute. What is this this I've seen previews during I've seen like previews for this or like advertisements during football games this year, this season mm-hmm. so far. Yep. Is this the one where they talk about in the first time in the history of Survivor that they evacuate the island? Yes, that's what they did. Okay. They, it figures that millennials would be involved in that. They can't hack it. Yeah, but they, I don't think it was that they, they got lucky. The millennials, again, did not have to do anything and they didn't have to survive out there. They just pulled them. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, it's the millennials where you can tell that I'm a Gen Xer, but. Oh, yes, I, I am too. I think that, that whole concept will probably be kind of funny throughout the season, but I just find it as an interesting show. And I can't, obviously, it's just one where I keep watching it and I don't really know why I watch it. Kind of like while we play fantasy football. (laughs) Exactly. It's one of those, you know, why are you doing this to yourself type of thing. Um, So if people like to make themselves miserable, watch Survivor this year. (laughs) Another ringing endorsement and recommendation from Speaking of Tangents podcast. Yes. (laughs) So we've gotten a lot of feedback on Twitter. And if you want to tweet us, hit us up at at speak tangents. Like I said, we've gotten a lot of feedback and we, we thank you for that. And I'll read a, I'll read a little bit here, but definitely check us out on Twitter and follow those conversations. Cause there's been a lot of craziness going on this week. Yeah. A lot of funny stuff. Yeah. Yep. Uh, from cool aunt Claire at cool aunt Claire, or it could be cool aunt Claire. Mm, yeah. Uh, and that's C L A R I E. Finally binging all your podcasts today. Great show. And then she answered a question we had a few weeks back. She said, that looks like Tony Orlando with Wink Martindale in Lou, is it Noche's tweet? L- Lou so. Noche's tweet? Mm-hmm. So thank you, Claire. You're giving us information awesome. for life. Yes. I didn't, ha- I didn't know that was Tony Orlando. I didn't either. Um, so thank you, Claire. And Sean Morrissey. At Sean underscore Morrissey said he was having a garden session on a beautiful day and laughing it up listening to uh, Buffalo Alice and Judo Fuse at Speak Tangents. Nice. Oh, Buffalo Alice, Judo Fuse, Robert Berg, and Patrick Moffat on Speak Tangents. So he's talking about the fantasy football segment. Very cool, yeah. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, and also regarding fantasy football, Frank Smith at TPT Frank, he tweeted in, Specifically to you, Jason, at Judo Fuse. Has anyone offered you a ham sandwich for Des? <laughs> That's funny. And, and no, um, I I will refrain from comment on my fantasy football trade potential until after the trades have been completed. Ooh. <laughs> There's a carrot. So maybe, maybe. And then regarding, okay, so Luke Overby, at Luke Overby. You tweeted a couple weeks ago, you, Jason, tweeted a couple weeks ago about um, editing a podcast in general, or, and you wrote, tightening up any show is usually a good thing. Even the best shows could use an extra edit now and then. 
Oh yeah, that was in response to people uh, being concerned about Tony's show uh, going from like eighty minutes or eighty-two minutes down to sixty or so minutes. Okay, yep. And so Luke remembered that tweet, and he quoted uh-huh. he quoted your tweet and said, "I can see you took your own advice." On your podcast, Jason, only one fifty-eight this time, only an hour and fifty-eight <laughs> minutes this time, as opposed to That's two hours good. and seven minutes. Yeah, I deserve that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. That was funny. That's really good. He so, got do we you. have anything else? Did we get anything else this week about? the the two hour podcast oh yeah that's one of those two in a row one of those conversations that was just going on it seems like you know a couple people john miller lewis noche noche jenny robbins jen babish they all said Mm -hmm. bring it on bring the two hour podcast on oh cool yeah yeah well this might be another one this week (laughs) it it may very well we're not aiming for two hours it just kind of happens yes and you know you got the time codes if you want them just fast forward um, yeah, not going to hurt our feelings. Nope. Lastly, Patrick Moffat, at Moffat Patrick, mm-hmm. he he tweeted us, keep the Amazon reviews coming. Nice. Yeah. So, well, on know. that note, I think we should just keep them coming. You got any? Oh, well, sure. You know, I always have Amazon reviews. Yes, I do. You always got them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear this some. Week. What do you got? Oh, oh, you want me to read them? Oh, uh, okay. Definitely. Please um, read them. I would say that... This week, um, in the past couple weeks on the show, on Tony's show, um, the thing that stuck out to me uh, was when they talked about the Toy Hall of Fame. I thought that was hilarious. And then yes. I recently uh, worked on a jingle that Luke wrote um, yes. about the Toy Hall of Fame. I heard that this morning. It's very <laughs> funny. Thanks. He did a great job. Uh, and it made me think, why not look up bubble wrap on Amazon? Why not? And see if there's any decent reviews or funny reviews or unusual reviews about bubble wrap. And boy, are there. Oh, really? You hit the mother load? I'm going to read just a small sample of stuff I've came across on bubble wrap. Okay. I'll first start off with one about an easy pack 300 feet of bubble wrap. So 300 feet, you think that's a lot of bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. All these are listed by, you know, like the, the dimensions and how many inches wide are they and all that stuff. It, it, it's not really anything named, so I'm just going to kind of roll through a few of these here. Okay. Uh, but the question that stood out to me on this other one was, can I use this to put in a shipping box? <laughs> which I thought that was the purpose of it in the first place. So that yeah. was kind of unusual. And then we get to another set of questions on another um, another brand of bubble wrap. And I'm just going to I'm not going to read the answers to these questions. I'm just going to read you the questions that some people have written in to ask about this product. Okay. These are all on one product on one page. Will this ship bubble wrapped to protect the bubble wrap? Is this bubble wrap great for people with popping obsession? My girlfriend needs them. <laughs> okay, well then, th- that <laughs> it, that gets into the toy toy hall of fame. Yes, possibly, possibly. I I can. No, I can't. I know. I still can't go that far. I can't go that far yet to say it's a toy. But the next question on here is: Can this be used for baby proofing? Uh, and, and oh boy! And it, this uh, this one I really read the answer because the answer comes from the from the seller. Okay. Of the product. Can this be used for baby proofing? The, the seller says yes. No. And that's it. And I'm like, no, please do not put bubble wrap around your child or in your crib or any. It's the, plastic. The seller They will said wrap it yes? around their face. Yes. And it was just yes, period. That's it. That was the entire response. Not, not like, please yes. Please don't wrap it around please, their yeah. face. Yeah. Please yeah. stay away from 
their face. <laughs> Incredibly irresponsible. Oh. Incredibly irresponsible. But it probably sold the bubble wrap. Yeah. And then the next person is, in a window insulation application, do you find it helps to soundproof or reduce the outdoor noise from coming in? Which, this is another use for bubble wrap that I had never heard of, which is I've discovered from reading these reviews and reading these questions that a lot of people put it on their windows for insulation. Huh. Which I had never heard of. No, but they do sell window insulations. Um, in this, but then why would, if they sell it, then why would you buy bubble wrap? My guess is it's cheaper. I don't know, but you so. know they they sell quite a bit of that up here, as people put wow. it on to 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 save their heating bills in the winter. Hmm. See another thing I never heard of. If they just had Window Nation windows, there you go. They wouldn't have to bubble wrap your windows, which seems ridiculous. I've never heard of bubble wrap wrapping your windows, but I'd have to say it's probably a price thing. Must be. All right, and here's one question that stood out. Even though it is literally listed in the title of the product, what size are the bubbles? <laughs> this question was asked at least 10 times in these four pages of questions that I went through. So you're talking roughly 30 or 40 questions. Oh, at least 10 times I saw what size are the bubbles or something in some form or fashion. And the best answer to that was this one. The bubbles are what I would call the usual size. <laughs> not the small ones, not the large ones, just sort of medium. Which, okay. <laughs> what in the world are you talking about? I thought you were going to say something like your favorite response was, read the title of the product. No, that would have been good. Yeah, because isn't that annoying when you've written something out and people ask the most obvious question? Yes. But that is a good response, though. Just a medium-sized yeah. bubble. Yes, yeah, just me. It's not not just medium, not large, not small, sort of medium. Oh, sort of medium. Sort of medium. <laughs> that clears it all up now. Yes, it's like the most generic answer to a specific question that you could give. That sort of sort of medium. Uh, the next for the next one, um, I came across one that you would think since it's this bubble wrap, it would be sort of like the gift cards from last week, which is people would write in and say it's a gift card. I mean, it's bubble wrap. How can you review this stuff? Really, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. And actually, we did get one of those, so I'd like to read it. Okay. It's five stars. It's exactly what it's sold as. Great stuff is the title. Okay. And she says, it's bubble wrap. What more can I tell you? Well, she could have stopped there and it would have been great and it would have been perfect and they just the right review for this. Yeah. But of course she continues for about another page. <laughs> and she says, bottom line, which is also a good way to, you know, wrap up something. Yeah. But the next sentence is, bottom line, with only one other review, I was a bit reticent about buying this. <laughs> I like to see lots of reviews, but I was moving and needed a ton of bubble wrap fast. And I'm pretty sure I could get it with Amazon Prime, so I did. This stuff is great. It's a much smaller package than you'd expect and very light, so don't worry. You won't be receiving some massive box. Other than that, it's good bubble wrap. Same as the stuff that you get at the local copy shop. In fact, I later found out that prices were pretty comparable to that local copy shop. Perhaps a tad cheaper here. Anyway, it's a totally legit product and company. If the price is right, buy it with confidence. Which is the most run-on bunch of nonsense. Yeah. What? Please. Perfect for our podcast. It's bubble wrap. What more can I tell you? Stop right there. Stop. Well, you don't need. 
the paragraph after that. Yeah, she just had one. She had the good sentence to start with, and then yes. you thought it she was. Off. You thought she was ending with bottom line, and nope. She just got going with bottom line. <laughs> I, I like that she told gave information like, "Well, see, I was moving, and this happened, and you know." Yep. <laughs> just come on. Well, you have to set the context. Yes, and there's one more. There's one more good one. Um, that. I like to read the whole thing, and then we'll wrap it up with one quick thing. Okay. Uh, but this is titled, this is on a different product, uh, still bubble wrap, titled, College Stress Relieving Popping Fun, also great for packing. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Yeah, and this is this is, this is is interesting one. My daughter is a junior in college, and I purchased this role as a gift for her and her crowd of friends. I, I'd like to add that... <sighs> Let me just say from my experiences from college, if my mom bought me bubble wrap, my friends are going to mercilessly make fun of me. Exactly. Then she continues, it is great bubble wrap that would cradle your breakables and protect them, but then it can have a higher purpose in life. Bubble popping. Imagine finals week stresses and kids needing to blow off steam and bubble wrap that can be torn off in pieces and handed out. Those pieces could also be torn to fit just right into your packages, but really, which is more fun? Is it a huge hit with <laughs> It is a huge hit with the college kids. Oh, I bet it is. My high school son was jealous and wants his own bubbles to pop now. The dog is not so thrilled with the popping and wonders what this is all about. So she's even like projecting into the dog's psyche at this yeah. point. But the tilted head and ear perking just adds to the fun for the popping. <laughs> and this is the greatest part of this to me because this is, th there's probably 30 reviews on this page and they all have this next sentence in there in some form or fashion. I got this at a discount to post an honest review. And my review is that this is a very fun and unexpected gift, even if it's used as wrapping, which it would do well. There has been much popping, and I always test products for a while before posting. Include this in your finals week packages to your college kids. No, please do not do that. Please do not do that. No. Oh, my gosh. So this was like a whole page. This Every review on this one particular product, 30 or 40 of them, was all had that sentence of, I received a discount on my product for this review. And they're all five-star reviews. So what does that tell you? Right. Well, it, again, like you said, why do you need to review bubble wrap? I mean, I suppose yeah. somebody maybe has this, you know, you call yourself young fizzy. Yeah. Maybe there's somebody out there who... Big Papa? Yeah, big Papa, yes. Big Papa bubble? That can tell the difference between these, these bubble wraps. Apparently, because I can see like if you get really low quality or really thin with not with little tiny bubbles and not much air in it, uh -huh. that it's not going to be as protective. Uh, but none of the reviews were really that. They were mostly about um, it was either the ones that had the, you know, I received a discount to review this yeah. or, you know, this is what it shipped in or, or that kind of stuff. Um, there were a surprisingly number of reviews that listed nothing to do with the shipping properties and how to protection properties of the thing, but how the bubbles felt and how it was to pop them about stress relief and stuff. And I did not know this world 
actually existed. I didn't know that was a thing. It gives it more weight that there that it's a toy because Possibly, there's a yeah. whole group of people. Now, I knew that bubble popping when I get a package, I will oh, there's bubbles, I'll I'll pop them. But would you go out and buy no. bubble wrap specifically no. for that purpose? That's, That's where what I'm, I'm going. Saying. I'm going. I feel like I don't get I, that at all. Uh, I feel like I've stumbled into a fetish yes. site of yes. some sort. And hey, if this is your thing, that's that's pop relatively away. minor. Go, for, I mean, that's nothing. Go, exactly. Pop as many bubbles as you yeah, want. But it felt I felt like I felt weird, like I was being voyeuristic with this as I read these reviews. Going, oh, I don't, I don't need to know this about these people. Yeah, like creeping in on a. a yes, chat I was room. like <laughs> staring at them. I was like, what? And the so, yeah. but you know when they. They say they're getting a discount for re, re for giving a positive review, mm-hmm. or not giving a positive review, but for giving an honest. Just review. giving a review, yeah. So why take all that time if you're getting a discount? Just say give it five stars and say great product. Why do you need to go into it? <laughs> this woman talked about how it was great. Maybe she thought if she gave a you know lengthy, you know. If she gave a lengthy review, that she would get more of a discount next time. I don't. Right, know. like the you know, it doesn't sound like the company is giving them discounts for quality of the review that's written. No, it would just basically post the review. Is from yes. what I gathered. Yes. I, but but please again, do not send your kids bubble wrap at college. Please do not do that. <laughs> do not, not do that. Only... Are you trying to get them punched in the face? <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna surround. Candy or homemade fudge, that's one thing. Oh, yeah, that totally. That's one thing. Use it for shipping. Yes. Do, Use it for what it's intended for. In, in, it's convenient because you could tear it off and put it in your pocket or, or pass it around. <laughs> I, I cannot, I mean, I've grown up a lot since I was in college 20-something years ago, 20 years ago. Sure. But I cannot imagine the atmosphere that you live in when you're in a dorm or in a college apartment. I cannot imagine the kid who came around to the door to door passing out sheets of bubble wrap for people to pop. I, no, me that, either. That's not a good look. I'm sorry. I mean, and hey, that I, I'm not trying to make fun of that person. I'm trying to say, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> please, yeah, please don't do not, that. That's not a good look for anybody. Please don't do that. Exactly. That, if you if you enjoy popping bubble wrap, that's awesome. No problem there at all. I I, I scare my kids with it whenever we get a package in the mail. Sure. But. But Please just, do not pass it around your dorm room. No, just do it alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, um, I'll say, do you have anything else for this week? I don't. I think that's a good way to end it. Just do it alone. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Speaking of Tangents is hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Directed by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Produced by Jason Fuse. Production assistant KJ Onstead. Costume design by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Hair and makeup by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse. Social media and marketing coordinators are numerous interns. Speaking of markets, don't you just love a good farmer's market? They have beautiful fresh flowers, smoothies, and a wide assortment of fresh veggies like carrots and zucchini and snow peas. 
Craft Services by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead. Graphics by Jason Fuse. No animals were harmed in the recording of this podcast. I love snow peas. And I love you.